What's going on, guys? Welcome to episode 135 of the Taste Cast, a weekly podcast where we talk about things, react things, do a bunch of random shit. My name's Seth. I'm Chevy. And I'm Chris. And a couple quick reminders that you have a week left to download and play Concrete Genie, Genie Control and Destruction All-Stars, all offered for free on PlayStation Plus. Make sure to download those, play those, come back at the end of this week for Plus Club. Let us know what you thought of those games. We'll let you know we thought of them. And our game of the month randomly picked is Path of Exile, which is a top-down isometric Diablo-style game which is something we're going to be apparently watching a video on here soon. Diablo, not Path of Exile. Make sure to download that, play that. It's free to play and come back at the end of the week for Game of the Month. And we'll be picking our new Game of the Month, uh, which I think will be randomly picked. I think it's the month after next. That'll be Chris. Okay. And yeah, uh, we have Discord link down below. You can talk to us anytime, all the time. We're on iTunes, Spotify, or the podcast platforms. If you prefer to listen to us, I'm having problems fucking talking today. Uh, type in hashtag AskTLG on your comment if you'd like to be considered on TastyCast, um, where we read your comments and reply to them. And uh, let's see, we got a Patreon as well. If you'd like to support the channel further than liking, commenting, sharing this video, and subscribing if you're brand new. All right, uh, TastyCast, start with what we've been playing. I'm going to let uh, Chris start us off. What have you been playing in the last week? And yeah. Uh, pretty much the typical gameplay lately. It's Final Fantasy XIV, uh, helping people out with their house, decorating that kind of stuff. So gathering lots of materials, crafting a lot of stuff. Um, switch jobs to Red Mage at this point, which is now geared almost equal to my Dancer, but I'm doing a lot better DPS-wise and providing a bit more utility, I think, that the raid needs overall. Um, kind of helping out with rezzing because I can rez pretty fast in combat. Uh, and it helps mana for the healers, so they so don't have to do it and stop healing. You're rezzing. I've already done it. <laughs> I, I have a trigger finger on it at this point, though. So, yeah, yeah. What is red red um, mage again? What is it? Uh, a technically a caster. Okay. Technically, yeah. yeah. They they kind of do they do a bunch of casting. They build up black and white mana. That's what they call it. Uh, and then once you get a certain point, you dash in and do a melee combo and then flip out and go back to casting again mm. yeah pretty so, cool like back and forth class yeah, yeah interesting so certain moves will raise one bar other moves raise other bar and when they both hit you know a scale out of 100 when they hit about 80 you go in you do a little swashbuckling with a rapier and you jump back oh, and you start casting rapier again. guy yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. cool yeah i did that i got my my final version of my law weapon currently uh which is like the relic weapon quest line uh it's pretty fancy looking it's 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 definitely got lots of glowy sparkles on it which i really like (laughs) a lot of fun um that's pretty much all i've been doing that uh i've played a bit of uh second extinction again some offline gameplay been doing that here and there uh i mostly play the sniper guy because i like to be able to crouch and stealth um, oh yeah, definitely my jam. Just be able to drop. I can you could drop like a, a basically like a smoke cloud in the middle of a fight. So if you get overwhelmed, you can stealth for a quick second and heal up and then run out. Um, so yeah, I've been doing that. Uh, I've been doing some of the the quests or, or the bounties, the bounties for it. Does he uh, is he the one with the laser? No, no, he has uh, the satchel charges. Oh yeah, you okay, okay. You blow up. Been um, all since I played. Yeah, yeah, same, same. Just kind of get back in the swing of things of do exploration maps. I can just run around everywhere and do stuff as, to my heart's content. Mm-hmm. Uh, I haven't run into too much problems outside of extracting, which gets really fucking chaotic, especially when you're solo. Just I just started running in circles 
So I don't yeah. worry about things killing me. That's uh yeah, I did solo a couple times too, and the missions are completely doable, but they take so much more longer than uh when you have people with you. Um but yeah, the end part is annoying because you just have to wait for evac and everything's just attacking from every direction. So I did the same thing. And I typically play um oh god, what's the what's the character? The chick she's got um, like the assault chick, right? Jump not the, around, not the like minigun lady, but like the yeah, not the minigun chick. one. Yeah, the one that can like leap and stuff like that and reload and yeah. While I forgot, I haven't played in a while, but uh, but yeah, with her, it's easy to kind of like evade, but it's still a bitch, it's still annoying. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I just sprint in circles around the base, so they have obstacles they have to go over and around to get to me. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I've been doing that, just kind of putting around in there, uh. What else have I been doing? Not a lot else, really. I played a little bit of Path of Exile. Uh, I started two more characters because I can't stick with one. Um, a skill tree's big I enough a, to really get fucking crazy true. with it. So, a recent character I made was an archer, mm-hmm. uh, mostly focused on volley shot with piercing, so I can just clear waves of enemies quicker. Um, I haven't really dedicated anything too serious on that character yet, though, because I know once you get going, you really need to like hone in. So. Yeah, for sure. But yeah, not nothing else really I can talk about uh, with that. And uh, Overwatch, I've been playing some Overwatch, lots lots of Overwatch lately, just because I'm trying to get the litter skin because they end in like two days as of recording. Dude, so. that's that's the worst. Like any game I play that actually has like seasons and like you're you're getting close to the deadline and like you're like, I gotta put a lot of fucking time into this to get this. It's it's taxing. I get really yeah. charged in that game. <laughs> I get real salty real quick. I, I gotta bet. keep track of that. I could see that. But uh Yeah, I think that's all I've been really playing. Nothing nothing crazy. Did you say he played Valheim? Oh you're right, I did. Yeah. I did. I played some Valheim. I didn't buy it. I have Steam Share with my brother. Uh-huh. He bought it. Um, but I've been playing a little bit of that. Uh I was really interested to see like what the daggers were like. Or the dagger, I should say. You don't get two; it's just one. Yeah, and it's okay. But do a little it, leap it's, attack. It's fun. Yeah, that, that sneak attack, man. If you can crouch behind enemies and leap at them, I just one shot them. Like mm-hmm. just no problem. But I really want to try javelin or spear. I really like spears. In That's games, what I use. So. Okay. I uh, yeah, it's nice because you can throw it. So like for mm-hmm. a while, I was using the bow and arrow to hunt, and for the most part, I still do. But uh. Sometimes, like, a couple times, I've uh, ran out of arrows, and I just grab my spear, and I just, like, run up, and my run speed's ridiculous, so, like, I can run faster than deer, so I just, like, run up at them and just throw a fucking spear into them. But it sucks when you miss them, because you gotta go pick it up. Gotta go find that spear, yeah. It's interesting. Graphically, it, it reminds me of, like, a PlayStation 2-ish era game. Mm-hmm. Um, but the skill, the skills, how you earn them as you kind of do the... You know, appropriate actions is it's interesting. Um, it does feel slower paced though. Uh, I, I was comparing it before I played to Minecraft, and it's not even like that. I mean, you can build things and you gather resources, and that's kind of like the main like over like base level of the game is gathering resources and crafting and building yourself up. Um, but it's definitely slower paced than Minecraft. I feel like in Minecraft, I can like go out and like quickly, like you know, gather resources real quick and build up something pretty fast. Mm-hmm. This definitely takes time to do things. Um, it's definitely a slower paced game. That's one thing I'm really enjoying about the game. Is it uh, 
it's absolutely a survival game, but in my opinion, it's a very casual survival game. Um, it's also um, like a, a building type game, like Minecraft, where you can build stuff. Um, and it is, it, it you unlock a lot of stuff as you play the game, like more stuff to build with, to the point where I was like, oh shit, okay, there's... There's a lot you can do in this game. And you can like terraform stuff like that. And, and that part's really cool. But the thing I really dig about the game is it the longer you play it, the more it starts feeling almost like a deeper RPG. Much more than survival games typically do. The only thing I can compare it to really is Conan Exiles. Um, in the sense yeah. of Conan Exiles feels like it could possibly be a single player RPG, but you play with people. And uh, that's one thing I love about Conan Exiles. Um, and Valheim has a similar feel, but also takes a lot of notes from like Elder Scrolls games in the sense of like when you're running, jumping, all that shit, you just get experience for doing it. And it just keeps leveling up and you get more powerful. You can jump higher, you can run faster and longer. And um, you mentioned the spear. The more you use the spear, you'll start leveling up your spear skill. And then I saw a new weapon because I started fucking around with fucking around with bronze and i thought it was the next spear so i was like oh let's make that and it's a pole arm and i swung it once and it's like pole arm level one i was like oh no there's fucking other weapons uh it has completely different properties like you stab with it and then it's like uh like major attack move is this huge sweep where you hit a bunch of people and uh and i move really slow with it but i'm like fuck you can like and then i was talking with somebody recently and they're like oh yeah we we have uh, one of our people built up like a tank they use a shield and they're you know got a lot of heavy armor on and we got other people for like damage stuff like that i'm like oh fuck this is like this is like a fucking game dude it's not even just like let's yeah, build some stuff and survive it's like you're progressing through this world and, and beating bosses and shit and it's like i don't know i'm i'm stoked to play it more yeah yes excellent excellent i like variety especially when we like weapons like like you said spear and pole arm well that was like, like what would i equate javelin to mm-hmm. your character travels uh cross server wherever too. you play though right yeah. as well so it's yeah. also nice too because it's all in the cloud as well because like um and a lot of games are but like a lot of games aren't also like i played my character on a different computer so that's nice. Yeah. So this game really just like, hey, you have a character in this game. You can make another one if you want, but that character, you can play it on any fucking server, on any computer. It doesn't matter. And you keep all your shit. Although they warn you to be careful with your character if you're going to go from playing like locally and playing online because possibly you could lose something. I haven't, but they just warn like, I'd be careful. Make another character for that maybe. Um, but yeah, I haven't experienced anything negative yet. I'm fucking mm. waiting for it to happen. But um That's probably just there to cover them. But that game, like every time you beat a boss, new shit gets unlocked. Every time you find a new thing to break down that you've never broke before, it unlocks a bunch of new recipes. I uh made a uh, you know, I have like the workstation or the hell it is where you can like uh, craft stuff, and then I made um uh like a workbench for metals and all of a sudden i said all like access to all new shit to build i was able to make fucking bronze nails and it's like now you can make a cart i'm like i can make a cart so i fucking make a cart and you walk between the two handles and you look down at the handle and press e and you pick it up and then you can walk with a cart and then you can load that thing up with shit and then walk around it's got durability so i'm like you can literally like have to escort somebody with like fucking materials from a place if you're minor or something like that there's that game's got a lot of shit in it for fucking it being early access. It's crazy. Hmm. It's a full ass game. Yeah. 
uh, it's I'll have to jump in and play with you guys online because definitely is fun. But uh, I get real like antsy hearing noises. <laughs> yeah, and uh, I mean, if a roaming troll finds your house, he'll attack it. So, Cody, had- I watched my brother play it, and he came across uh, Benrin, basically a big werewolf. Yeah, it's terrifying. Um. Yeah, I don't know if I'm. I don't know if I fought that. Um, but I did see my first fucking like sea monster, and that was scary. Because you can you can build rafts and stuff. You saw in my stream, fucking our mm-hmm. river debacle, getting Rescue fucking mission. getting drunk, Cody, <laughs> fucking home. Um, but uh, but there's a, a button to to hold fast. And hold the center of the ship to stay still. And as soon as I saw, it, I was like, "Oh no! Why do I need to do that?" And then, like in the Why middle of the night, feature? one night, I was like, "I parked my fucking raft on the shore because I don't." I was like, "I already know that there's shit out in the water. I sure they come out at night, so I'm not gonna sail at night." So I like parked my raft on an island, and I'm out running around, and I look on the shore, shore, and there's just a fucking sea monster at the shore looking at me and like fucking swinging at nothing. I'm like, "I'll just wait till he goes away before I get back on the raft." <laughs> Just stuck on an island with nothing. I was like, shoo, "Cool, shoot, <laughs> go on, big on, shoot." That game, that game definitely like Conan Exiles is a game where, and Minecraft, I guess, um, it's a game where you have like those stories of adventures you've had, though. Mm. Like, there's always there's all these variables procedurally generated. There's all these things that can happen. Everybody's experience can be different on you know whether they build a lot or they build Cody's two leveled shack that he built that the troll was just outside of swinging at <laughs> Cody like lives right down the river from me and I walk down there every once in a while and I'll there's always just a troll there and he's just swinging hitting Cody's house and just beating the fuck out of it and every once in a while I'll come back and there's like a wall missing now and like he's just slowly destroying Cody's house I told Cody and he's just like that's ah, fine <laughs> I'm like he's gonna get rid of it um, yeah. yeah anything else a little bit I, I watched of you mm-hmm. playing it. Um, I definitely got heavy um, like Conan and, and Ark vibes definitely. from the game for sure. Though it's definitely deeper than Ark in the sense of like it's RPG elements. Ark has a lot to offer for sure. Well, and we um, never really did any like the boss hunting and stuff like that. No, we didn't do shit in Ark. So, we should play I mean, it again. Because uh, like there's the towers that all have the bosses that unlock and eventually, you know, there's an actual end to it. So. There's all sorts of crazy shit in Ark. Well, and then I, I've been watching people play like a new version of it or a mode or an expansion or something. And like, it's not even the same game I remember looking at. I was like, what the hell are they playing? Oh, you're not talking about um the the one where they're at sea or it's like a, it's like kind of Sea of Thieves-esque. It's like piratey. No. Oh, okay. No, no, no. I forgot what that's called, but I bought it. I played it for like 20 minutes and I fucking refunded it real fast. At least for the part I saw, the whole landscape was like, like crystally blue and stuff like that. And they're flying around on the back of a monster, like gathering resources and stuff. So I was huh. like, okay, I don't know this part at all. So, but yeah, it's they play pretty, game. pretty actively. So yeah, I don't know. It's, it's, it's crazy. Um, I, uh, the only thing that really like stops me from like trying it is that watching the combat focus in the game is a little bit of a, uh, uh, I don't want to say turn off cause that's not the right word. Cause I, I, I do think, 
Um, it sounds uh, neat and all, but it, it definitely feels like something I would have to play with people I would not play by myself. Well, Valheim? Yeah. The combat's not even that much. Yeah, I mean, except for our And maybe it was just a bad example because you guys were rescuing Cody at the time. Well, and that, yeah, we were just fucking around, there too. Was there so was so many monsters. There was literally <laughs> zero reason for us to go find him on that raft. I just want an excuse to use it. Gotcha. Um, I would say there's no reason like for me like to... Non-stop, it seemed like. Because Cody. <laughs> they wanted to kill him. They knew he was fucking low on stamina and ready to drown. I'm like, I can smell his fear. Yeah. I was like, just smell get on the back of the boat. He's like, I can't move. I'm like, why? He's like, I have one stamina. I'm like, oh, yeah, you'll drown for sure if you fucking move. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, at night, there's a lot of enemies. They'll show up. That's why the game tells you, like, you know, at night not really good to be traveling you definitely can i, mean, I do it all the time do it in minecraft because the um, last thing i need is a creeper showing up yeah i mean blah. but uh during the day um enemy placement the game i haven't played it that much but it does seem like every server i've made so far always in the center of the map is where you start it's all procedurally generated but it starts you in one biome and it seems like it always starts you in that biome because it's designed that in a, a spherical shape or circular shape, it will spawn the biomes for your progression of where those bosses are going to be for your progression to unlock new new things. It's just going to be different, and the biomes are going to be shaped differently right. and generated differently and stuff like that. But every server I've went in so far, uh, you start at, I think, like meadows or something like that, and then you move into black forest, and I guess then you move into swamp, and uh, I think it's shaped like that. But you can go in like one direction and find a biome, and then the other direction find black forest. So it's, it's still random, but it is still set up that you move from the center point out. Yeah. Almost like uh, No Man's Sky. Or Terraria. Or Terraria, exactly, yeah. yeah. Which the game takes a lot of influence from. Yeah. Anything else? Yeah. yeah. No, no, that's that's all I can think of. All right, well, I'm just going to segue then. I've played one game in the last week. It's Valheim. Um, I've been playing it a lot. Uh, really enjoying it. Uh, I'm still not that far. Time to talk to people like, I'm on this boss, this boss, this boss. I'm like, I keep building. I keep building shit. I can't stop. Um, but uh, I was playing. I'm playing on a server uh, with uh, uh, Cody, Josh, and Sarah. So we'll definitely have room for you if you hop on, Chris and Chevy. If you well, said ten people, ten people, yeah. So. Um, but uh, but yeah. So we're all kind of doing our own thing. Um, and uh, I think right now we're looking for the second boss. It is nice though because you can go back and fight the first boss anytime as long as you have the trophies to summon it. So if someone joins, they can still go and fight that boss. Um, it is kind of cool to get all set up too with a bunch of people to prepare for that boss fight. Remind me of Terraria because um, that was something that we did in that as well. We're like, mm -hmm. is everybody ready? Okay, and then spawn the boss. Um, but yeah, I've been working on my house more. Um, I found out, and I'm sure people who are playing the game a lot know already, but I um, found out about how decay works and how rain and water help your um, wood decay faster. And so putting thatch above wood, uh, I don't know if it negates decay, but definitely slows it to the point where I haven't had to repair anything in a while. Um, but water does make wood decay, and it will eventually break. Um, I was building a bridge because I got my fucking cart, and I'm like, man, I know where a bunch of iron and tin's at. I need to go get that to make bronze. And... Uh, it's across a fucking river. So like, I was like, I'm going to build this big ass, nice bridge. And I built that big ass, nice bridge for like three or four hours. I spent a long time building this fucking 
like engineered bridge. Like I parts of it would fall and break and I'd think about it again. I start building it up and stuff. And then I went down to the bottom and I already knew this, but I didn't think about it. Went down to the bottom of the bridge. I noticed that all the wood that was in the river was just decaying. And I was like, this will ne- this at some point will inevitably fucking break down. This will at some point this whole bridge can collapse because like this is just decaying. I can't stop in the river. I could try and build it out of the river, but I was like, I don't want to spend more hours doing this shit. So um, I decided to break that down. But uh, it was a fun project to kind of see if I could get it to uh, to work. Because there's physics in the game in the sense of if you build out too far without support, it'll collapse. Hmm. So I was really fucking uh. stretching, you know, my uh, my engineering brain on uh, how to make that bridge work. And I made it work. It's just I knew if inevitably the thing was going to collapse. So, um so yeah, I've uh, been messing with bronze uh, lately. Um, haven't fought the second boss yet. Uh, we haven't located it yet on my server. We've I, I've already mapped all of the black forest. There might be another black forest that I need to check. Um, but I haven't found where to summon it at. But um, but yeah, I've built bronze armor. I'm not a big fan of it. It looks cool and it's way better than the armor I was wearing. But it does a five percent slowdown per piece. So Plus my polearm is 5% slowdown, plus my pickaxe is. So with all that shit on, I move pretty slow. I feel like I can fucking take people on, but I feel like Lou Boo, because I'm like walking around big-ass armor, and I got a big polearm, and then crowds of people come at me, and just one second I'm like, whew, and they all just dissipate and just blow up. But um, I'm like, I hate how slow I am. Especially when I'm like naked, I can just like run up on deer with my spear and just go and just fucking kill them instantly. It's like much more satisfying for me. Um, but yeah, so far, uh, or not so far, what I'm doing now is just kind of mapping the area, getting a general idea of um, uh, where things located um, with being naked because I can run faster so it's easier to get around. I'm trying to locate that second boss because I'm ready to fight it. I'm definitely ready to fight it, but I got to get everybody else on the server uh, prepared and ready for that. Um, I'm also curious, let me know in the comments if you know, if tin and iron respawn, because it'll really suck if it doesn't. Um, although when I first started playing the game, I was like, hopefully trees respawn. And I think they do over time very slowly, but you can cultivate later. I unlocked a thing that allows me to, um, the cultivator, uh, allows you to plant seeds. So mm. I've been running around in my backyard, which is a hill. I live at the bottom of the hill. Um... So I put up these uh, wood posts at the back of my house on the hill. So when trees fall down, they hit the fucking wood posts and don't hit my house. Because fucking Cody. Um, I was in my backyard <laughs> chopping tree down. I'm like, that's my wood. He's like, it's everybody's wood. And I'm like, you're going to hit my fucking house. He's like, it's everyone's wood. And he fucking cut it down and like hit my house. I'm like, god damn it. Um, so anyway, I put up wood posts to uh, block trees from falling. But as I cut those down, um, I've been planting more. Um, it's kind of cool to see like a whole new forest by my house again. Um, for me to fucking rip down because I need the wood. Um, yeah, I got my cart working with bronze, which is cool. My house is dope. I uh, I found an island where if I run from one side to the island to the next, it respawns animals pretty quickly. And they're on an island and they don't want to swim, so it's a really easy place for me to hunt. So I built a little uh little lodge there that I can survive. Um. To use the smelter to melt down stuff, you have to get coal, and coal you get by, it has this cooking system like Monster Hunter, you put the meat on, you have to wait, and then when it goes, you have to like pull it off, and if you wait for too long, it'll turn to coal. 
So and at first it's like, oh man, I'm ruining this. And later it's like, you need coal to cook. And I'm like, well, I guess I'm going to kill a lot of animals and just waste that meat. <laughs> so I've been doing that at my hunting lodge. I just have like, the, the, I forgot what they're called, but the things you hang above a fire to cook meat on. It's like sticks. I'm sure there's a word for it, but I can't think of it right now. Um, I have like four of those over two different fires. So there's eight. And I just like load it up with meat and just run off and hunt more. And then I come back, grab the coal and load it up and repeat and just kind of level up stuff doing that. So that's fun. Um, so I got that operation in the South of where I live. And then, um, we had this little hut next to like this troll cave that me and Josh were staying in for a little bit just to kind of try and locate, have a home base while trying to locate the second boss. We haven't been able to do it. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. There's there's so much to that game. Like, I have to pick a project and work on it because it's so overwhelming. Because um, constantly, I'm like, I could do this. I could do that. I could do this. And then I go to do that, and I'm like, wait, I'm over here, and there's this thing. I need those. I start grabbing those and shit. And then I'm like, wait, I need more food. And I start, like, hunting and stuff like that. I'm like, no, no, no. I got I got to pick a project and fucking go through with it. That's why I built the hunting lodge to uh, just make a bunch of coal because I was like, I really want metal. I really want bronze. I need to... Uh, Get enough coal where I don't have to go like, because it was constantly happening where like I would um I would melt a bunch of metal and I'd run out of coal, and then I would uh, get more coal and I run out of metal and I'm like I just need so much coal that I don't have to worry about this. <laughs> so I, I I did that. I need more now though. I've been I've been cooking a lot of metal. Um, yeah, I don't really have much else to say on the game outside of. Uh, the naysayers are already out, though. People are like, it's only popular because they're like making up shit. I'm like, you guys got to fucking, you, you got to be okay that things get popular. If you're not into it, it's fine. Yeah, like, multi-million people bought it now, so yeah. Over three million happen. at this point. Yeah, someone was like, eh, it's just like Among Us. It's been out, but some streamer got their hands on it. I'm like, dude, I didn't hear from it. I hear about it from a streamer. I was hearing about it on Steam. And then, like, you know, like Phasmophobia, streamers got their hands on it and popularized it for sure. But it was already popping off before streamers. People just got to... I don't think people realize that people check the, the what's selling on Steam. I do every time. So... I'm always curious on what's, what's like, you know, rising up in sales. Because then I can be like, oh, maybe that's something worth buying early on or something like that. Or, yeah. um, but I'm always looking for games to buy. So I'm like, what's what what games are people buying that's like... You know, really good right now, but um, the game's solid. plays plays really well. Uh, the multiplayer works well, um, and the game just gets better and better and better. So that's the thing. If you start that game and you're even kind of interested in it, you're gonna love it because everything that you get in the beginning just expands. Uh, it's it's insane how much there is to that game. Um, yeah, I just want to play it, talking about it. So I will pass <laughs> it over to you, Chevy. <laughs> um. I mean, mine's all pretty standard fare. I've been playing Final Fantasy XIV, but I've not been playing a lot. I've been mostly logging in just to raid. Um, <clears throat> last weekend, our raid was about the same as normal. Uh, we just had, like, really bumpy members join us. Um, bumpy members. <laughs> trying to be nice. Chris got that bumpy members face on. Yeah. Um, well, usually when we Take do our our uh, our E nine clear, which is the the video I I put on the channel, go check it out. Um, we usually do that in like three four polls, like at most. Uh, we did it for an entire lockout, which is an hour and a half. So uh, because people, including us, can't Bumpy make people. mistakes. 
Um, so that was just a rough night. And then Sunday when we were doing our E10 clear, uh, we actually on first poll, the first time we've done this, made it straight to the end of the fight. Uh, we just didn't have the damage to beat the fight. So the enrage happened and killed us all. Uh, so that was a really good feeling uh, to be able to know that we just have that fight down. Uh, and then we started doing 11, <laughs> which is the one we're working on. Uh, the tank, one of the tanks that we normally bring with us wasn't with us the first time we did it, so we had to kind of re-progress because you have to relearn with new people, uh, get kind of used to each other type of thing. And then uh, <clears throat> the healer we brought with us uh, didn't normally play healer. They just brought the healer because they wanted to do the fight. Uh, they didn't have any materia in their armor, or if you're familiar with other games, as gems. They didn't have any gems in their armor, so the there's just empty stat slots not being used, and they didn't do any damage at all. Why? At all. Why were they there? I don't know, but we we, we made it pretty far in the fight with me being the only person doing anything as far as healers go, so um, I felt really good about that. <laughs> sure, but that sounds frustrating. I'm not even playing the game. That sounds like fucking bullshit. It was rough, um, but I did to, to kind of, you know, I wanted to help make sure everyone was like, Looking at the, the bright side of it is we made it to the same point we made it the week before, teaching a couple people the fight you know up to that point again with a huge handicap. So I was like, so we did that. That's an accomplishment regardless of how stressful or hard it was. Um, so feel good about that. So, but yeah. So you're um, going to play with that person again? They were random, so no. And actually, you can get them digits. We got a we them. got an eighth person now, so we shouldn't have to get randoms anymore after this week. So loot master, this, loot master should just be eight same eight people every week unless something happens. So Which that'd be make, cool. Yeah, it'll it'll make synergy a lot nicer. So I'm still trying to get a full team on Dead by Daylight. Can't get any takers. That's only four people. <laughs> eight man, fuck. Yeah, um, I know. A couple people, I'd love to come play with us, but you know they got to get there. So Josh and Cody. Uh, no, I was thinking more of like you and uh, uh, I don't know if she wants her name mentioned here. So yeah, doing off and on. Yeah, anyway, that name's out there. You know who you are. Uh, <laughs> I know where she lives yeah, now. You know who you are. Um, I would love to see you guys hit max level at the very least before the expansion comes out, just to have the story aspect because Shadowbringers is probably one of I, the best Final Fantasy titles. I want to so. check out the story because everyone just always talks about it and somebody I think somebody commented on the channel saying that uh, somebody who's writing the new story worked on Shadowbringers or something like that mm -hmm. and they were like get ready to or bring your tissues or something like that and I was like oh yeah Rebecca Ford the community manager for Digital Extremes mm -hmm. uh had a cry counter when she was doing Shadowbringers. So Jesus, yeah. I can't imagine crying to a fucking MMO. So that's wild. I didn't cry, but I definitely felt things. So that's not amazing. Yeah. <laughs> that's like I hope that's fucking something yeah. I could fucking feel because I I want that from a from a game or yeah, from an MMO. That plenty of games do that for me. Name again, God damn it! But yeah, she she's she's overseeing the the Endwalker story. So. Um. <clears throat> So that would be great, especially since it's like the finale of a 10-year story. Um, <clears throat> yeah, uh, I've been playing a little bit of Path of Exile. Can't talk about that a whole lot, obviously. Oh, we will very soon. Honestly, um, 
talking about my opinion about the game, um, if you're familiar with the opinion I may have had in the past, I don't think it's changed a lot. So, um, I don't know what your opinion past was. Yeah. Did we cover on the show already? We've played it once. What was it for? Is that game of the month? Then? I think someone might have picked it. I probably did. So... That's not the game. Or maybe Chris did. There's one one year that Chris picked a game that I really wanted to play. So maybe it was that year. I don't know. I'll have to go back and check. Yeah. Anyways, play that a little bit. Can't really talk about it. And then playing a lot of Minecraft. Uh, it's just I've said it a million times at this point, but you know, after working a full day, coming home and just being able to like chill in a game is great. That's the thing that's nice about Valheim is it gives me a similar yeah uh kind of like you can like really get into the game look for the boss and fight stuff or you can just kind of like sit there and build and chop shit down i mean like last night for example i i I worked on a a second wool machine um so and that didn't i didn't have to really leave my yard for that so there wasn't a whole lot of exploration it was just finding the research or getting the materials i needed and like make sure it was mechanically sound so So, yeah, that's pretty much all I've been doing. Oh, I guess the other thing we did in Minecraft, too, is we uh, we got a third nether base set up, and all three are connected now. So fast traveling uh, between locations got a lot quicker now if you just go in the nether and run to the other side. So, hmm. so Apparently awesome. there's portals in Valheim that you can build that let you fast travel, but the certain items you can't take through them. Oh, interesting. But, like, so if you go really far in the map, but you have, like, a home base somewhere, you can just put, like, a portal on home base and then teleport to that part. Gotcha, gotcha. I know one of the items me and Chris unlocked in, in Minecraft mm-hmm. is good for... <laughs> it's not quite the same, but it's a chest you can put down, but it has, like, a... It's, a like, a void, you know, essentially inventory. So, like, you put it in there, and regardless if you open that type of box anywhere with your character, that inventory exists in that space. Interesting. So... If you go on like a you know multi-hour adventure, you find a bunch of valuables and you throw them in the box. And you're like, I don't want to walk all the way back, and you just decide to jump off a cliff, leave the box behind. But uh, damn, that's fucked up. You could you'll spawn at home, and the box if you have one at your house, the stuff's in there. There's all sorts of Willy Wonka shit in that game now. <laughs> it's wild, man. I uh, I watched someone play it for the first time recently, and they're like, you can do all sorts of weird stuff in this game. Willy Wonka <laughs> shit. Someone made an entire um glass building and in it uh really wonka shit. right before you you walk down the path you pick if you want rock paper or scissors and as soon as you you start walking it plays the the japanese song for rock paper scissors and at the very end it spits a rock paper or scissor at you and that's how you know if you beat the machine or not <laughs> that's fucking creepy this is fucking crazy man they literally just made a machine to play rock paper scissors with that's weird yeah What's the Japanese rock, paper, scissors song? Uh, Susukamaki Django. I'm saying that wrong, I think. But, uh, yeah, you'd have to look it up. I I couldn't even hum it for you. So Me neither. <laughs> I couldn't hum it for me Jank- either. Jankin. Sukumaki Jankin. Jank Jankin. I'm going to name a character that in, my, in the next game I play. Anything else? That's all I've been playing. So we have a segment at the end of TasteCast where we typically read you guys' comments, and we are going to do that. But um, uh, I just wanted to, because we're talking about it, kind of shout out uh, Mini Stabber that commented on our Final Fantasy XIV Endwalker uh, reaction video. Said, same story writer from Shadowbringers got my tissue box ready. 
he uh and then also somebody on that video as well uh their name uh androiden uh said shadowbringers uses a lot of final fantasy 3 final fantasy 8 8 references yeah. the world is based on final fantasy 3 and the and the 8 man and a lot of small bits angelo and references yeah, yeah. um which i thought was interesting because i i don't know what the, i mean i know what they're talking about with the prior games but not 14 because i don't so the team's really good about like everything in Final Fantasy fourteen is inspired by other Final Fantasies. Yeah. Um, but it still is an original piece completely. So it's really interesting um, how well they've been able to do that. Even the Crystal Tower is like a, is a main staple in I, someone will know. I don't off the top of my head, but it is from a Final Fantasy before brought in fourteen, but the Crystal Tower in fourteen is very much its own Crystal Tower. So it's just thematically has a lot of stuff. Apparently, people are pumped for uh, Final Fantasy XIV and Walker because we got way above average views on that video. Oh yeah, right. so that's cool. I could imagine. So. There's a lot of there's a lot of Final Fantasy IV references in the trailer for the new expansion. So well, the moon itself is for a it. Final Fantasy IV thing. So yeah, well, the mount is too that you get the lunar whale Final Fantasy IV reference. Yeah. Yeah. Anything else? Any other, any other games you guys want to talk about? Valheim. That's all I've been playing. I need to play something else. What's wrong with me? Two weeks now. The game's good. It's not like I mean, it's really good, but it's not that good. It's not like Seth doesn't play other games good. That doesn't happen. Obviously, it is. Obviously, it is. I, I haven't been playing much anyway. I've been fucking around with camera stuff a lot lately. <laughs> like every day, I just got a camera in my hand. That's my game lately. Can we? I'm gonna start talking about that. That's what I've been playing. I would say it's been been Minecraft for me, man. I just I hop in, I just get to like relax, play video game. <laughs> it's nice over here, like fucking. Ooh. That's my game. <laughs> I make that noise too every time I have a camera in my hand. Ooh. Um. <laughs> all right. Uh, let us know in the comments what games have you guys been playing. Uh, what games would you recommend us play? Uh, it's like last week somebody or like around the time Valheim came out, someone was like, "You should download and play Valheim." And I read that like five minutes after I bought it. I'm like, did that. So if you got another tip out there of games, the hot games that are coming out, let us know and let us know what you're really enjoying and what games you're not enjoying. I like hearing that shit. Once while somebody's like, "This game sucks," I'm like, "Okay, probably, but maybe not." Let's everything think about in the comments <laughs> below. Um, so you guys already know this already, I'm sure. And you saw the thumbnail, so you're probably here for that. And if you're somebody who came here only for that and you watch what just happened prior to this happening now and you're upset with us, we're doing it now. We're going to talk about BlizzCon. BlizzCon 2021, the digital event happened. I didn't catch it live. Chris did, apparently. And uh, before we get yep, into this, yep. you were saying that they kind of had like, I was saying it almost sounds like booths. You said like they had different streams going on at once, which sounds... Yeah, chaotic. They had like the main stage stream panel, which had like uh, videos from each different game. Um, but once the 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 opening ceremony happened, each game had their own channel that you could go to if you just wanted to see content from that. And they had a whole slew of videos for the entire run of the main channel. So it was really cool to see, like you know, if you were really interested in Hearthstone, they had all kinds of stuff about Hearthstone. If you really wanted to see things about know world of warcraft they had a whole warcraft channel it was really cool how they kind of divided it out so it's like you get that con feeling of like i'm gonna go to this yeah. booth for a while yeah it's interesting like as soon as you're describing it, it kind of sounded like when i was at e3 and they're like we're gonna go to the bethesda id booth oh we're gonna go to the you know fucking ubisoft booth with watchdogs um so that sounds kind of cool that you could uh 
you know, maybe if you're like only looking for WoW content, go watch that. Or, you know, I'm here for Diablo, which would be me. I would watch the Diablo stuff. So it's kind of cool the way they did that, but also sounds kind of like, I mean, you can always go back and watch the VOD anyway, so it's not like you're going to miss out on anything. So, But that's it sounds right. kind of event-like, which is pretty cool. It's yeah, really interesting yeah, it watching really... like Jeff Keighley, but also like them and other people try to figure out this like digital event thing that people keep trying new things with in that way. Mm. Um, like the Summer Games Fest or whatever the hell that he did. I see a lot more of it this year, too. Yep. Mm-hmm. It's not with that recently. I was like, I think I went to the last E3. I think it's the last one. I don't think they're going to happen ever again. <laughs> like, I think I went to the last one. I mean, ones. I hope you're wrong. But. I hope I'm wrong, too. But also, at the same time, it'd be kind of cool to be like, yeah, I went to the last one. It was okay. I liked it a lot, but it was like... Yeah, I, I would love to it was, go to... It was the end of a, an era. just E3, but just a convention in general. So, Be able to breathe in the sweet, sweet air of everybody else without being <laughs> the musky, fucking sweaty... I think there's something to be said about experiencing things in person. Definitely. So anyway, you're saying, unless there's not more. No, that just, it was really cool that they had all divided up in booths like that. And you enjoyed it? Because you're the one who really experienced it. So. Yeah, I enjoyed it. I definitely enjoyed watching it. Yeah. Um, Spectacle. And uh, you said you pretty much just watched the main presentation, right? That's the only one I watched. Yeah, I, I watched the main spe- the presentation up until like near the end, and then the person I was watching with wanted to catch something else from one of the the Warcraft channels, mm-hmm. so we switched over to that for a while so they could see everything they wanted to see. Gotcha. Cool. Well, uh, I have some videos lined up, and I'm gonna let you guys know we're gonna watch before we watch them. And if there's something that we miss, let us know in the comments, and we can always go back and watch stuff that we might have not watched. Uh, we're gonna be watching the World of Warcraft full presentation. We're gonna be watching the Overwatch full presentation, Overwatch Two, uh, full Diablo presentation, and then we got gameplay. Uh, videos to watch for Diablo as well. Uh, so like I said, if there's something you want us to watch that we didn't watch in this video, let us know in the comments. We are skipping. We are skipping the Hearthstone. I can't even pretend to be interested in that. So, um, And then also, um, just as like a, a pre, a preface, preface of the whole thing, um, I'm not a WoW guy. So if you're expecting much from me, Chris Chris is into WoW. She always got a pass with WoW. I've played it off and on. So you're not going to get much from me on this, but I'm going to watch it anyway because I'm curious about it. But I love Diablo, so I'm definitely stoked to watch that. Uh, Overwatch 2, I'm curious about. So, um, yeah. I'm just, yeah, going into WoW. Do not, if I say anything, I don't know shit about WoW. We learned in 2017 that if you say the wrong shit about WoW, people get real don't, serious. Don't upset the fandoms. People get real serious. There's like three fandoms out there that I've learned from. And I'm like, you don't say inaccurate things, even if you're joking, because people get real upset. So anything comes out of my mouth when it comes to wow, it's bullshit. Don't listen to me. Yeah. Chris is the guy who's into it. Chevy knows a little bit more. I, I, you say than that. me. You say a little bit, or <laughs> you know a little bit more than me. You do. I stopped playing just shy Panda Land. So that's, that's the extent of my knowledge. And then if we're doing transparency stuff as well, um, I'm not the biggest Blizzard fan. So this is me reacting to what I'm seeing. Yeah. So. Yeah. And then, yeah, Chris has seen this. We haven't. So this will be legit reaction. Mm -hmm. I already know what we're getting into, but I I have not watched it. So uh, enough talking. We'll jump into our first video. If you're ready, Chris. Yep. Okay. I'm not. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I looked at my screen. I'm like, why do I see myself twice? Um, 
All right, so the first video we're gonna watch is the World of Warcraft full presentation. This is like 15 God, minutes God. long. That's so, such uh, a bad pause point for that guy. Oh, dude, wait till he talks. I had to like check this video's uh, audio out and I had to watch this beginning part like four times in a row. And uh, I just watch how he says this first part. All right, ready, Chris? Yep. All right, three, two, one, go. Now, you ready to hear about some other video games? Let's hear what's next for World of Warcraft. It's like, now. Hello, everyone. Thanks for joining us today. No matter where you are, World of Warcraft unites us all. Not me. Whether you're exploring the Shadowlands, <laughs> classic Azeroth, or another part of the Blizzard universe, I'm glad you could make it. Because we've got a lot of good stuff to show you. But first, let's start with some Covenant pride. Kyrian, take flight. Nightbane, let this the hunt part begin. Makes me cringe so hard. Lords to war. This is the new expansion, right? The Covenants, wherever. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. The world has thrown a lot at us since the last BlizzCon. And the thing that's really kept everyone going on the world remember that. has been connecting <laughs> with all of you. The bonds we forge with our guilds and family and friends in WoW are powerful and real. As WoW enters its 16th year and Blizzard celebrates its 30th anniversary, we're so grateful to have the most dedicated... Crazy. 16? Uh, Let's recap the events. I think in 14's about to be 10. Wow's a fucking teenager. And 11's getting close to 20. South Shore and We banded together to open the gates of Ankaraj and joined forces to take down Kel'Thuzad in his floating citadel of Naxxramas. In Shadowlands, we helped our covenant recover from the anima drought brought on by Sire Denathrius, master of the Vinthyr and traitor to the Pantheon of Death. We survived the halls of Torghast and crafted legendary gear in our efforts to expel Denathrius from his castle lair. Love that dance. But innocent souls but... <laughs> are still wrongfully being sent to the Maw. They face an eternity of torment, and heroes like Anduin remain chained in its depths. Careful with that, man. Don't say that wrong. Continues to grow the old Anduin sausage. He's preparing to break free <laughs> from one. the Maw and complete his plan to unmake the entire Warcraft universe. And Sylvanas, you may be wondering what she's been up to all this time. Today, we're excited to unveil our first major content update for Shadowlands, Chains of Domination. This is really interesting to see people in our Discord argue about Sylvanas and what they want to happen to her. Discord link down below. Check what it out. Because um, it, it shows how divisive as a character she is, which I think is a good thing. Join our mm -hmm. cause or be made to serve. Right now, you hold all the power. Make your choice, Sylvanas Windrunner. The facial stuff. I, it's been a while for me, I guess. The facial stuff's Way better than I thought it'd be. Despite all our efforts, the Maw continues to grow. What if Denathrius's treachery is irreparable? The Primus is lost, 
And Bastion cannot save the Shadowlands alone. None of this should have happened. Perhaps the Winter Queen could. My Archon, a living soul, seeks an audience. A mortal? A king. By all our measures, one who has spent his life striving for justice. One who would give anything to serve his people. One whose heart is true. Very well. He may approach. Step forward. My ascended have spoken of you. The king held captive in the mall. That prison could not hold me forever. Why have you come to Bastion? You have a key that I need. You will release this soul from your grasp. No. He is bound to me, just as you once sought to bind your own brother. Yeah, quick boy. <laughs> I wish I knew what's going on. of domination. Hmm. That is so intense. <laughs> I know you probably have a lot of questions about what you just saw and what it means for the next stage of your Shadowlands journey. I Later for today, sure. my teammates Ian and Jeremy We'll be telling you more about Chains of Domination in our Shadowlands update. So this, this is just Please more check out more play on the Warcraft uh, channel to find out more. Like Lich King Next, stuff. I'm excited to share our upcoming World of Warcraft no. charity pet program. Okay. Not to my knowledge. We've heard a lot from our community about how much they love these pets and the opportunity to give to a good cause, along with ideas to make the program. There's theories better. about it, but so there's nothing concrete. Campaign, mm. you'll be able to donate whatever amount you wish to directly support our chosen charity once donations reach our goal to my knowledge. everyone playing world of warcraft will get a pet for their collection as a thank you whether you were able to contribute personally or not and to make this a fun challenge 
If we reach a stretch goal, everyone me of what Warcraft gets a does second for charity stuff too. And here they are. The first pet is bananas. This makes me mad. Literally, I have this pet, and it was limited to a trading card game. So oh, really? A special code? Yeah, it was. It was like a really rare thing. You had to get the trading card of bananas that had a scratch-off code on it. So it was like kind of like you know, like a hologram, but worth more. Because it gave She's you an, an in-game item. And I got it. So I was like, I was really cool because like I have bananas. No one else really has it because you know it's really limited. And now they're just giving it away. Yeah, it kind of cheapens it. Also known by their French name, Médecins Sans Frontières, or MSF. They're an amazing group doing important work around the world. Like the sloth. We're grateful to have yeah. such a generous community, and we hope you'll help support this worthy cause. We'll be sharing the details about the charity pet program on the World of Warcraft website soon. That guy looks how so I feel right now. Quite a bit I'm tired as fuck. <laughs> Not gonna lie. Players, now it's your turn. It's my pleasure to hand off to my teammate, Holly Longdale. She's a longtime WoW player, a veteran MMO developer, and she's going to tell us what's in store for WoW Classic. Me too. Hi, everybody. First, I'd like to thank all of you who have ever been part of the WoW community over the years. You know, online worlds like me. WoW have been a huge part of our lives for decades now. <laughs> I've been a as part a of it. Dedicated as blips. MMO fan and a developer myself, I remember hearing that Blizzard was going to be making their own MMO. And I thought, well, I guess I'll check out that beta. And sure, we all call the game WoW, but really, WoW. I could not believe I got bit by the MMO bug again. I was so excited to be able to make a night elf hunter and be like that famous dark elf ranger from the books that I loved. She looks like trying to dress to like a fucking night elf. Azeroth was and still is. <laughs> this is Tolkien a place shit. I love to live. Since last the person year, I was watching this with said that it was their drag sona. The WoW Classic team <laughs> to bring these nostalgic experiences back to life. For longtime fans and a whole new generation of players. As a fan myself, I've had so much fun in WoW. From the simple things like drive by buffing or making friends on that long haul from Teldrassil to Ironforge. I've like flirted with the idea multiple times of just like hopping to WoW and trying to play it. Just to see if I can get into it. But fucking now there's like Peninsula, classic and retail, I think that's what you guys call it. And then saw. Yep. The oh my God, I'm fucking biggest roamer I had so ever much. seen, and I was very glad I had feigned death in that moment. And that's the thing about WoW. These stories and experiences we all share keep us coming back time after time. With that said, I'm super excited to be able to share with you where our adventures are taking us next. Is Classic just going to keep going forward with all the stuff that already existed once before? With some changes, it feels like. You like nothing like storyline wise changing. I remember this too. <laughs> I remember waiting in line for this. I remember 
logging in day one and the server's not being able to handle it and enemies spawned the moment they died. And so I was stuck in that endless loop of combat until I died. That's scary. It, it was. Look at that fucking game. That's another that sound effect very well. Ooh, that looks like an old school MMO. That's what I remember it looking like. Yeah, that's, that's what I'm saying. When I see New Elm, I'm like, what the fuck? Which is great. I'm glad they're able to modernize it. It's a tall order for a game that old. Yeah, fortunately, most of them, most of the hits are checkpoints that they do overhauls to They've just stay modern, because yeah. I can't think of another MMO that's been out for like 16 years that's been able to increase their graphics by that much. Luckily, they kind of started with kind of a, a minimalistic, cartoony, not cartoony, but like vibrant style. So, I also think most of them with that reset age, I mean, a lot of them are reaching that age now, and then the ones before that weren't designed with that in mind. Yeah. They probably didn't think they were going to make it that long. For sure. actually a discussion happening in, in 14 a lot right now is like right? kind of getting like to a point where the they might want to start thinking about an engine overall, Marsh, so. or yep. being awestruck at the chaotic magic alive in netherstorm the Draenei in exodar the blood elves in silvermoon i love playing them both do you choose to enlist the aldor or the scryers i love playing them all the i'm biggest fan of course we can't oh, forget ptsd when she said scryers to fight illidan at the top <laughs> of the black temple i can't wait to relive it all with you since the team first set out on their own quest to bring the original wow back to life we have learned a ton about what players are expecting from this kind of experience we've also learned when to keep things just as they were and where we all might be open to some changes we're bringing all these lessons into burning crusade classic with our primary goal to bring back the same feeling you had when you faced the fell reaver for the first time or when you were digging through piles of fellhound poop of course we can't get this right without you our incredible community Soon, you'll be able to revisit Outland yourself when beta starts and tell us what you think. Later, all WoW Classic players are going to be presented with a meaningful choice for each one of your beloved characters. Do you want to move on into this. Burning Crusade Classic? Or do you want to stay in the original Classic era forever? Okay. Whatever you decide. Sense. Apparently you can clone you can your character, though. Subscription. And put now, that in Burning Crusade, but it costs money. You, but don't it worry. costs like 30 bucks, I think, we'll is what they were saying. We'll be getting into the details yeah. in our panel later today. So, so stick with us. We'll make sure you are um, prepared. The, the thing I was, I was, I guess, most curious about when it came to that was, like, the whole idea of Classic was that people wanted to play yeah. that version of WoW. Yeah. Because even yeah. after Vanilla, the game started drastically changing. Um. <clears throat> So it was weird to me that they were just kind of like, just go through it all again. Because at a point, you're just going to get those people who wanted to, that old school game mm -hmm. now have going through the same thing again. We're like, I just I don't want to do this. I want to do the old thing. So it makes sense to me where you can go, this is the era I want to play. Uh, so, yeah, that makes more sense. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, what do we think? 
of what they showed. What do you think of the presentation so far? And Chris, specifically, what do you think about what they're doing with uh, WoW? Is there anything you're excited about, anything you're not excited about, anything you're kind of worried about? And what do you think about what they're doing with Classic uh, moving into Burning Crusade? Um, so as, as far as the presentation goes, I mean, obviously within the way they have to do it right now, um, I think they, they handled it pretty well. I, I don't like the presenters they, they chose to use, but they obviously used members of the, the team. And if I've learned anything, uh, that doesn't always mean they're good stage presences. Right. Mm -hmm. So like, um, and because a lot of it's lost on me, I have to like kind of hyper focus on the, the people presenting at this point. Yeah. And I don't I don't think any of the three are good. Like, uh, I guess salesmen, which is a really awful way to word that. But that's effectively what they're trying to do. Right. A sell product. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. So that was really hard for me because I, I, I didn't the the the, the fake excitement. That, that I was getting from him. There's there's a couple things when it comes to presentations that I noticed. You either have like the EA uh, business dude doesn't really view you yeah. as a, a an, an entity, yeah. just a money source. The that kind of presentation, but like here at EA, we strive for blah 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 blah. And then you got these like fake enthusiasm uh, presenters, which I appreciate more, but they still come off very corporate to me. Um, mm -hmm. But the thing I don't like about them is they talk to adult, and I, of course there's people who aren't adults playing this game as well, but they're talking to adults like they're children. Yeah. And that shit bothers the fuck out of me because, like, don't talk to me like I'm a child. What? Like, it doesn't do anything for me. Um, I don't trust you, too, if you talk yeah. to me like that because, like, it kind of shows where you, where you think you're at. Like, Yo, I got to talk to you like you're a baby. Um, it's kind of weird. And it's not just this presentation. Just like that's the thing I've noticed in presentations. Yeah, yeah. And then you get someone like Phil Spencer who's like just – you're like, you run Xbox? Yeah, you yeah. fucking came out here like you just woke up. He's like, hey, guys, <laughs> I just want to say that just video games are really fun. We like people dude, play. Right? We like people play video games a lot. And we're just going to give you a lot for fucking almost nothing and make almost nothing off of it. So enjoy video games. And it's like, okay, all right, I'll do that, Phil. Yeah. Um, and I think in, in the case here, um, if you're going to have developers come out and talk, mm -hmm. just have them be people, right? For just sure. Out, just be you. Even if you're weird and awkward. Yeah, and just talk about the game, man. That's cool. I'll listen yeah. to you. Yeah, for sure. Um, so, yeah, the fake enthusiasm throws me off. Um, that being said, the new stuff they showed, um, I'm 100% have no idea what's going on. In any regard, I, yeah. I barely know who the guy is. And without putting too much <laughs> emphasis on how much we don't know about it, because we're kind of specified, yeah. me and you are not caught up on this in any way. Yeah. Um, it, uh, yeah, I'm looking at it too. I'm like, I, I, I said earlier, I was like, I wish I know what the fuck's going on. I guess I could play the game and find out. But um, I am really impressed with how far WoW has come graphically. Every time I see WoW again, I'm like, that's WoW. Um, it's still, you know, minimalist and, and, and simplistic looking in some ways, but it's also super impressive to me seeing this, uh, it looks like in engine cutscene. Um, but, uh, cause it, it's very clean and then seeing classic wow and seeing the wow I remember, it's like, that's fucking wild. I remember when they um, started flirting with the, with what this is at mm -hmm. this point, um, I believe was during, correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, but I believe this was during like Wrath Correct of the Lich King, politely, um, where they started showing off these, these kind of cutscenes, um, mm -hmm. as a kind of a an in between like the game and like cinematic experience. 
Um, though I think they were, they did take that cutscene out at some point too, so you couldn't watch it ever again. Uh, hmm. The one where uh, the I, I I'm gonna mess this whole thing up now, but essentially the the horde, someone on the horde side throws a bunch of like poison barrels on everybody, regardless of what team they're on or whatever. Uh, ah, yeah, yeah. Um, they I think that that eventually got taken out. So, or was inaccessible or something like that. I can't remember. I, like I said, it's been so long. So, but that's uh, why I said Chevy knows more than I do. But that's, so you can pull this shit up. That's where I have no idea what we're talking about. That, that's like the beginning of this kind of stuff, at least mm-hmm. to, to my recollection of the whole thing. So, yeah. Um, yeah, but outside of that, I, I do think it's clean looking. Um, yeah. Um, Got a couple questions I want to just kind of throw at Chris to kind of get the ball rolling. But before that, I do have a legitimate uh, uh, opinion on something here. Um, I've heard I've heard a lot of things about WoW Classic. I've heard a lot of people like enjoy it, and then some people got burnt out on it because they played it a lot or whatever, um, waiting for it to do something. A lot of people speculated uh, Burning Crusade was coming, which makes sense to me. But then it brings the question: Are we just moving forward until we catch up with WoW retail WoW or? Uh, what, what's going on with that? And I think the system that they're doing where you can stay in WoW Classic or move forward or have two characters for one to move forward and the other one to stay in WoW Classic because obviously that worked, I think is a smart idea. And um, even though it's a it's a big-ass company that doesn't need the money, um, it makes sense to charge for that. Mm-hmm. Not that I want to defend mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. If they did it for free, that'd be fantastic. But... Um, that is doing you a favor in the sense of not having to commit to a decision. You can just go, ah, I'll just want to do both. Um, although it is interesting now that there's going to be three avenues to play WoW, mm-hmm. um, potentially. And that's kind of interesting because, like, I have no frame of reference with classic WoW in the sense of, like, playing retail up into the point it's at and then playing classic and now having two WoWs to play. And now having that decision to make, it's just interesting to me because, like, that's not something that every MMO does. That's pretty unique. It's also, um, it's also weird, too, because, and it's not the only company to do this. In fact, I'll have an example here, but they're making their own competition, right? So, yeah. So now they have three different things for you to play that they all have to they have to take care of. Now uh, they are in the advantage of them it's all being wild. under the same ecosystem. But Square has the the same thing going on. Final Fantasy XI, Final Fantasy... Or not Final Fantasy. Final Fantasy XI, Dragon Quest X, and Final Fantasy XIV are all MMOs that Square runs. Um, and I, I keep seeing the conversation pop up, are they going to make another one? And people, and they're like, no, they already admit, they already said themselves, like, they don't know why they made their own competition. And this feels like the same kind of approach. Like, you're making your own competition. It's just funny because these, these aren't even, like, different MMOs, either, though. It's just a it's a so classic I said, version. They yeah. have an advantage of being yeah. in, at least in the same ecosystem. Yeah. But um, but it's <laughs> but it still is competition because I know people who fucking uh, dabble in like retail, but like we're all about classic and mm-hmm. stuff. Like mm-hmm. that's where they wanted to go back to because um, they didn't like what was happening with uh, Wow. Even though I've heard really good things about the expansion, the recent one. Um, but uh, and I don't know anything about it. Just I've heard good things. Um, but. Uh, but yeah, it's 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 interesting because it is pulling players. They're still staying in the WoW ecosystem, but but it's thinning communities out. But it is separating communities, mm-hmm. um, which is interesting. And obviously, I'm ignorant on it. But like you know, my brand was like, well, if you're playing retail now, you're playing classic, and now your friends are coming over to play classic, and some people are going to play retail. It is it is some competition, which mm-hmm. is a really 
kind of crazy thing to think about. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, Chris, uh, what'd you think of this presentation? Is there anything that really excited you about this? What do you think about the state of wow in the sense of where the expansion's at in retail, what's going on in classic and what do you feel about when it comes to how they're doing burning crusade and are you excited for it? Um, so the presentation, I think you nailed it. They, they're kind of, it feels like they're pandering to us, talking down to us. And I, I it comes off really cringy to me. It's just, mm-hmm. it's hard to watch. Um, and that could just be the presenters not being comfortable with being presenters or whatever. Um, the cinematics though, and the gameplay trailers, there are cinematics and I can trailers. Cinematics are really well done. I mean, it's Blizzard. They do well with cinematics. Mm-hmm. Um, story-wise, it's intriguing. It's all about, you know, the afterlife sort of. Um, but, and, and seeing Anduin, uh, basically take on the appearance of another Lich King was really cool. Um, I don't know if there's real connections to that or not. There's theories about it. Um, but nothing's you know, solid. Uh, the only thing I do know that wasn't presented in this um, about WoW is that the next raid tier, they're making Sylvanas one of the raid bosses, um, which is going to have a lot of people... It's going to be divisive because uh, Sylvanas herself is very divisive right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, I am I am one of those people... I, I'm not a big fanboy of Sylvanas. I like Sylvanas as a character. I don't like what they've done with her. And uh, I'm a little upset that they made another horde leader a raid boss. Um Again, just after I recall one of them saying that they will not pull a Garrosh on Sylvanas, which if you don't know, Garrosh was a leader of the Horde who kind of went insane and became a, a raid boss that we took down. Okay. Um, so yeah, I, I needed that it feels info. Like and it feels like we're doing that all over again, even after they said they weren't going to. So it's kind of like, well, shit. All right. What? I, I'm out of the mindset personally of what next a leader of the Horde is going to be made a raid boss. Which one? Who's next in line? Have they done that in the opposite direction? I believe Jaina is a raid boss. I'm not sure off the top of my head. I haven't done mm-hmm. a lot of those raids. Um, but I, I recall someone saying Jaina is a raid boss. Mm. But I haven't seen much of her, and I don't really care for Jaina myself personally. Gotcha. As a character. I know there's fanboys out there. It's just a personal preference. I don't really care for her. Mm-hmm. Um, but... To be honest, I ended my subscription before I found out that, that Sylvanas was going to be a raid boss for other reasons, uh, that being like the time-gating issue with the current content. Um, but that being said, the story is very intriguing. Um, I really like the, the idea of exploring what could be called the afterlife of WoW. Uh, WoW Classic, I when you have a, a WoW retail subscription, you get access to WoW Classic. Okay, um, it's part of the the package deal. I never touched it when I had a subscription because I played WoW Classic when it was just WoW, and I don't want to go back to that personally. I don't want to go back to the weird mechanics. I don't want to go back to the slow, slow grind of playing that game. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't say I have bad experiences with with WoW Classic or original WoW uh, when it was relevant. But it was definitely a slog. I felt very hindered and unable to progress. Now that being said, they have made some changes because they had because of the engines they have to use for WoW. But they were saying that they had to make some changes here and there just to fix the coding and things like that. Nothing like major, like you know, characters act differently or skills are different or things like that. But just things overall that are like would make less bugs in the system. Um, 
but I just I have no desire personally to go back to the nostalgia fest that is WoW Classic. I um, love how many different opinions there are about characters in WoW, what you know side you're on, what they're doing mm-hmm. with classic versus retail, like. And it comes with the territory of having that many people playing a game, mm-hmm. or at least having right. had played it, considering it was at like 12 point whatever million at some point. Um, so everybody's got an opinion. I mean, I have an opinion, mm-hmm. <laughs> like not a big one, but I have one. Um, but I've I've heard uh, all sorts of people who really like classic. In fact, like for them, it was almost like a for for a brief moment, if anything, like a saving grace. Like, oh, shit, I'm reinterested in WoW games. This is the WoW I fell in love with. And now I can. Um, revisit that because you know they were unhappy with where wow went before i guess the expansion or something like that so it's interesting to hear that like and uh, your points are completely valid like i don't have the same experience but like for you you already did it like you don't Mm want to go back and just kind of repeat that um whereas i can see somebody maybe with the the nostalgia of wanting to have that experience again or try and recapture that magic they felt the first time they went through it i can see that as well so it's 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 really interesting yeah, I I like it. I like to have these discussions with people because, like you said, we all have varying opinions, and we can you know kind of work our way through like what we know of lore and content and things like that, and what we expect. And it's really fun to have the discussions. Just people get very heated because they're very passionate about these characters. Oh yeah. And sometimes it even myself just step back and be like, okay, we're just you know friendly discussion. Keep it um, friendly. Yeah. That being said, the Burning Crusade was probably by far my favorite expansion. Uh, really? overall it was the one i yeah it's the one i got the most invested into wow in hmm. um i delved the deepest into it i played the most during it uh it's what really hooked me into it uh but i have very little desire to go back to classic burning crusade and play that again if i if i wanted to play burning crusade i could do the time walking or time warping or whatever uh thing that you can do to level a character you can you can talk to chromi a little gnome dragon person that's in every town and you can choose what expansion you want to play through or experience the story through again oh interesting so that's new game plus you know if, yeah kind of yeah. yeah yeah you just play you know if you want i make a new character i thought the story of burning crusade is really neat i just talked to her hey i want to experience the burning crusade again and it takes you through the intro quest all the way up to the end of wherever you know leveling wise you want to do and you can switch between all the, the stories from her at any time um but if, if I really wanted to go back to personally and experience Spring Crusade, I would just do it that way because, you know, it's got the character models that are updated, which I like. It's got, you know, the skills that I'm used to now. Um, it's got, you know, it's, it's just basically experiencing the story with a current level or current stylized character and current skills. Um, I get that people want to experience, you know, that old, you know, skills that they might have removed or, you know, tweaked and go back to how that was before. Mm-hmm. But I just personally am not one of those people. I don't want to go back to that. <laughs> yeah, I, I, say, I know one of the things I've, I've heard, um, at least within, you know, this, this small amount, I've, I've heard from people who play multiple MMOs, you know, and they, they, they hop into it every time an expansion comes out type of deal, uh, is that the the one thing they, they miss, which might would probably be the appeal of going back to like classic and stuff like that, is the fact that, most combos now are like two, three buttons that you're pushing versus like, you know, you used to actually like take advantage of the keyboard when you played uh, older versions a while. So obviously I don't have any experience sure. with, with that, but um, from what I understand, that's, that's, uh, 
you know, obviously, it depends. which kind of coincides with something I hear uh, commonly when I talk with anybody who's like a fan of classic WoW as opposed to I mean, most of them play both. But mm. um, anyone I know who's like you know pro classic WoW um, typically talks about like uh, it feeling more involved in uh in in what you have to do to play the game it doesn't hold your hand as much and just like the era of mmo back then yeah. and what it's evolved into now and uh whereas i can see you know you've progressed this far and why you've been playing for this long you you've been kind of going with the systems that as they've evolved and it could be hard to go like you know i remember those days those were good days but do I, we've come this far i don't know if i want to go back to that but then other people are like but this is how i enjoyed it and it mm-hmm. has evolved to a point where it almost maybe feels maybe sterile or something to them that i'm not speaking for anyone really just saying like you know having that perspective maybe they liked uh you know combos or whatever feeling mm-hmm. a little more like mm-hmm. all over the place or like you know um, not having like quest trackers or something like that I, I don't know like you know a more simplified mmo that feels maybe a little more rugged or something so yeah i don't know i can see that yeah 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 not something i personally i'm looking for an MMO. I'm not looking to go backwards, to be yeah. honest. And I, I miss a lot of like older MMOs too. Like I, I really loved um uh Lotro, Lord of the Rings Online, and I've played it again oh, yeah. semi recently and uh there's still a bunch of stuff I love about it and nostalgia there and stuff like that, but like a lot of the new free to play shit there I hate. But also I think about a lot of the systems in place in like modern MMOs that, that make them more streamlined and more modern and playable or whatever. And there's this weird balance of like, do I want to play like a modern game that feels, uh, you know, better in its systems and the way it works? Or do I want to play a game that like is just a little more grittier and I got to like actually pay attention. I got to read where the fuck I'm going and mm-hmm. like figure shit out. Even on that game, you can pay to teleport to shit, which is stupid. Um so like, give us real money. We'll, we'll just take you straight to the quest. I'm like, I'm, I'm never going to do that. Yeah. Um, that doesn't sound remotely fun. Um, but yeah, so even in, in my experience, like uh, kind of hopping between like a modern MMO and older MMOs, um, there's definitely things to, to like from both. But um, I do think I prefer, um, it, it depends on the MMO. I think where MMOs are, that's a bad example because I don't like where MMOs are right now. There's some good examples of good MMOs right now, but as a whole, MMOs are kind of dead. But, um, yeah. you know, I, I don't even know what I'm trying to say here. I, 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 I like pieces of, of older MMOs and newer MMOs, but so it's interesting to listen to people talk about uh, WoW Classic and Retail because it is, it is a great example of picking one or the other because you, you know, want an older experience or a newer one. Yeah. yeah, I found it really interesting too when you brought up that because uh, I had no idea that Burning Crusade was like um, something you liked so much because everybody always talks about um, Wrath of Lich, Lich King. Um, That's where a lot of people yeah. fell off after that. I, I made it one more expansion after that because I, I did enjoy Cataclysm, but yeah, um, after that I was done. So. Um, and Cataclysm was super ambitious uh, for the time. That, the, even as a person who's not super into WoW, like I remember when they changed up the whole map and shit, shit I was like, that's fucking crazy. Um, it'd be interesting to see classic wow go to that. Um, again, <laughs> yeah, but uh, but it's it just interesting to find that out about you, but also, um, that that even that's not enough to make you go, I want to do that again. Like, that's interesting. If I wanted to do it, I could just time lock it, yeah, yeah, it's a fair point. Um, Anything else you guys want to say on WoW before we move on to the next video? 
Gonna go? You gonna go back? No, no, not at this point. Oh shit! Okay, that's quite a bit. We'll leave that up for another episode to talk about that because I'm really curious about that. <laughs> I feel like that could be a whole topic though. Um, all right, let us know in the comments what you think of World of Warcraft full presentation and uh, what are you excited about? What you're not excited about? What is your opinions on uh, current? Uh, happenings in WoW and WoW Classic moving into Burning Crusade. Let us know what you think about it in the comments below. Moving on, we're going to watch the Overwatch 2 full presentation. This is a long sit, um, 38 minutes. So we're going to watch this unless it drags on. But there's a lot of info, and uh, we're going to discuss it. So uh, anything you guys want to say about this? Uh, any hype for Overwatch 2? Chris is playing Overwatch still like quite a bit, so uh, he's definitely involved. Just so you guys know, uh, I appreciate Overwatch. I think it looks great, plays great. Um, I'm not the biggest fan of it just because um, it's progression, I guess. Um, but other than that, yeah, I, I have high hopes for what they can do with Overwatch 2. I hope they can do enough things to get someone like me interested. If you're curious about like, w- you know, what I need to be interested, I'm a huge fan of Hunt Showdown. So I don't want to be that, but that's the kind of shooter I want to play. But... Um, but Overwatch is a really fun game. So, I mean, like, I, it's not even me talking shit. It's just, like, not really something I'm super interested in. So, I'm hoping Overwatch 2 will do something really fucking cool. I know that there's supposed to be, like, co-op mission type stuff. And that sounds really dope to me. So, I'm yeah. excited for you guys to watch this. I think you're I'm really hyped to see how you guys react to it. Cool. I'm stoked. Because I, I literally blind. I fucking, I just know some of the topics they talk about, but not what they talk about. Any thoughts, Chevy? Obviously, you're not a big fan of the company, but, like... Or the game, <laughs> or the okay. Well, yeah. let people know. Yeah, no, I, I you know, I, I bought Overwatch when it first came out. I played in the beta. I bought the game, played a little bit. Same reason, uh, essentially, that you said the progression system of the game just doesn't do it for me. Yeah, and uh, I don't really play competitive games that much anyway. So there wasn't a whole lot of draw to keep me coming back to the game. I had really hoped for some modes to come out to to entice me, and I did hop in a little bit here and there to try it out again. And I can't play it for more than like a day. Um, and at this point, I just I don't play any other games. So, um, <clears throat> I'm <laughs> I'm not. Uh, I I don't know. I I have very reserved expectations. I guess so. Gotcha. Are we uh, ready to watch this? Mm. Yep. All right. Three, two, one, go. Welcome everybody to BlizzCon. We know Thank you. that you that. all want it's to okay, hear Mage. more about no. Overwatch 2. Allow us to invite you behind the scenes to explain more of what we're doing. Like at Blizzard would be stressful the higher everybody, up you go. Please yeah. hit record. Fingers We lost Scott. <laughs> it's off to a good start. This is going great. We've been assembling one of the best teams that I have ever worked with. I'm nervous. (laughs) And I'm so proud of the progress that we have made together. We really liked the stylized drop down. Imagine that it's coming forward, boom, boom. This starts to spin. The scale and the scope of this game have meant that we've needed to grow substantially. Just have, we have to do. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Let me start over. Overall, I I think we've done incredibly well as a team moving to work from home. Oh, shadow play. There have definitely been challenges, but the team is really putting everything we've got behind this game. 
to me, it's the next big step. Isn't it weird how much Josh knew about Overwatch when he didn't play it? That was like a thing for like years. Anytime something Overwatch came up, Josh would be like, oh, he started talking about the lore. I'm like, what the fuck are you doing? How do you know this? You don't even play the game. Like, I like lore, man. I'm like, of this game, apparently. We really wanted to bring that cinematic experience into the game. You can invest in your heroes and grow them over time. I'm super geeked out about Overwatch 2. I can't wait for you to play this game. It just gets better and better. There are some things that we just can't do without a sequel. So thank you so much for your patience so far. And I hope you enjoy this behind the scenes look at Overwatch 2. All of our players at home, they want to see one of the new maps that we've never talked about before. Really? I can just like, I can just talk about anything that I want to. Yes. You're, you're, you're serving this up to the guy that is like unintentionally leaked information <laughs> in past interviews. <laughs> you can do it officially now. Okay. So Floodgates are open. one of the maps that I'm, I'm most excited for in Overwatch 2 is our Rome map. We always want Overwatch to feel like this globe-trotting adventure for our players. So we're having a lot of fun coming up with the Overwatch version of Rome. We wanted a very romantic, sort of this powerful feeling of old-world architecture. One of the most exciting things for me is the early building of these maps, where we get to sit down together with key people from the environment team, level designers. I don't care what game it is. We'll spend some the time art guys, talking like, about listening to moments talk about, in the like, game that we really want to see. Stuff that everyone's like taking like, for granted most of the time in the game is always interesting in the for me. Yeah, for sure. And then we'll go back and do a paint over mm -hmm. or we'll do a concept painting of certain things based on that. We try to draw inspiration from as many different sources as possible. For example, one of our environment artists had just taken a trip to Rome and he returned with thousands of pictures and was so excited um, to work on a map set in Italy. Take hundreds of pictures. There's a lot of ancient time. architecture in Rome. Oh yeah. Just hold it while they all just start taking so pictures. We brought some of that back. Some of the things that are destroyed in real life we kind of rebuilt in a kind of an Overwatch style. It's one of the most beautiful pieces of environment art that I think we've made for the entire game and it just absolutely took my breath away. Voice is very similar to the. Can the we reveal more voice. maps? Same yes. guy. Throw me off. <laughs> Scott, why don't you have the honor? Why don't you reveal? Yes. Like, is there an artified? Like, let's pick an artified I, I one. Know, I know what map I want to talk about. It's the one that I just get super excited about. New York City. Those New York City is as well, the just guys. an amazing Overwatch mm -hmm. location. We're really striving to make it as authentic as possible while still putting this Overwatch spin on it. There's a lot of amazing buildings and architecture pieces that are going to do Seattle? for artists stands out a lot. Cool. And they usually use this kind of Art Deco style from the 1920s, 1950s. We started in an area that's a little bit like the village. There's some smaller shops there. There's a fire station, little pizza places, and things like that this one people looks. that are familiar. The Roman was cool too, but this one seems really intricate. Or maybe see the reference that we're trying to make with some of our different locations. It feels like something you haven't seen in other games before because it's uniquely Overwatch. Well, we should move on. Otherwise, we just have to reveal more maps. So. <laughs>
we were talking about PvP, and you know, one thing that I think is really interesting about PvP in Overwatch 2 is some of the philosophical changes we're making to the approach. PvP feels hmm. different and new. We're upgrading our combat feel. The roles are playing differently. When it comes to all new maps, it's a pretty big departure uh, from where we are on live right now. So uh, I, I can't wait to see where we end up with it by the time we launch this thing. We're also experimenting with the idea we call role passives which are passive abilities that a hero can have based on what role they are. For example, currently in our internal builds, uh, the tank heroes all have knockback reduction against them, and they also generate less ultimate charge for enemies that are shooting at them. Damage dealing heroes have a movement speed bonus, which is great for flanking around the map, and uh, healing heroes, support heroes, have uh, automatic healing that kicks in after they haven't taken damage for a while, very similar to Mercy's passive, but a little bit of a lower rate. One of the more shocking changes that we've been exploring in Overwatch 2 PvP is a change to the tank role entirely. That's applied to all of the tanks. We want to try to make them more toe-to-toe -to -toe brawlers and less characters that just stand back and protect other people. So for example, for Reinhardt, we've given him two charges of fire strikes so we can throw fire strikes a lot more aggressively and more often. Also his charge He's able to cancel it now, and you can steer it more aggressively, so you can, you know, not quite turn a corner, but you can definitely more accurately pin targets. And Tokyo because you can cancel it, it allows you to use it much more aggressively and yeah, he was you know, really go after those key targets without feeling <laughs> like you're going to sacrifice, you know, all of your positioning, everything to get there. He's almost more terrifying now with us to be able to unleash his full arsenal more often than kind of just being the guy with a shield. That's cool. The changes to Reinhardt that we're trying, and they might not shift. That's just the reality. But the changes. That we're trying right I'm glad now, they're being transparent about to to things they want to try and things that, that just might not happen. When they yeah. want to play it, because yeah. in, in, on paper the shit can sound good, but then in practice it can completely ruin the experience. Like it it's like Hunter Showdown is introducing or has introduced like ammo types now, and I don't I don't know how I feel about that. Hmm. Shortly after BlizzCon, we we spun up this group, our combat field group, um, to really just work on what happens when a player holds the trigger. We're putting a ton of effort into looking at all of our characters um, and trying to give them even a more visceral weapon feel. From sound to VFX to animation to the design of these units, all new sounds for, for a lot of our weapons in the game and a whole new sound system that's driving it. And we didn't just level up a unit, we leveled up the rest of the game. They're showing gameplay here. Other characters aren't yeah, released yet. Quite a bit soldier. of time working on gunfire sounds. Oh, interesting. Just, just general combat feel to make it feel really awesome. Uh, we're revisiting pretty much everything. Nothing's off the table, so we're looking at even kind of small things such as quick melee attacks that every hero has. So they have kind of new audio pass and uh, a new kind of feel and like ah. visual effect when you hit things. One of the bigger efforts we're undertaking for Overwatch 2 is what we're calling our Weapon 2.0 Sound Pass. What this is is a big overhaul to the weapon systems in the game. That means the way the gun feels in your hands, you could feel the ammo running out as you're getting lower on the clip. We really tried to cool. amplify those sounds to better encapsulate the gameplay and the gunplay that comes Giving with Overwatch 2. Another key for the weapons was getting them to feel like they're in the environment. This meant working with Convolution Reverb. It's a new system that we've implemented into Overwatch. It's 
this a way is, that we can nuts. capture the acoustics of an environment and transport it onto the sounds that we're using. So we went and captured tails of guns in different environments through our weapon shoots. It's gonna shoot this into a hole. <laughs> And then we've cut them and applied it so that we can support a lot more environments. Yeah, I just feel like the sound guys outdoor, are just having a blast. Urban outdoor. How loud did you fucking just record tails, sounds? Tight tunnels, small rooms, and it cool. gives a lot more presence to the weapons it's and really the way cool that they react the in the world. The shooter genre has evolved a lot since Overwatch 1 came out. On top of that, I think we really want to push the visceral nature of how we do combat. So we you know, like a lot, three FPSs have really dabbled in like hardcore audio design. So I'm glad that they're, the, the they're thinking about it. As you shoot. You know, so you can really it, feel it every single shot. Made me think of like and there's a lot of Call of Duty Battlefield that has more of a realistic yeah. sound yeah. weapons, yeah. but it's cartoony look. It's a really weird but interesting mesh. Well, the more you put in your sound design in a shooter, gives a lot of information. It also gives a lot of visceral feedback when you're playing the game, even when you're indoors and you hear the reverb, and then outside it sounds different. It just, uh, it changes the whole experience. Yeah, I would argue that's a huge vital aspect of Battlefield. Yeah. Really feels like the gun is almost just outside of your control. A lot of that comes down to this camera shake technology, where every every time you fire the weapon, you want to feel like it's running through your entire body, and the camera shake gives that extra. I'm actually noticing that. I'm saying it's kind of neat looking. It makes him feel really. Camera good. shake, I think it's really you important guys got in video games. Like if you don't Sojourn, utilize it properly, you have no impact been, on anything uh, you do. Oh, I turned camera while, shake off on a lot of games because it's shitty. The whole screen just goes like this. And it's not like yeah, that. It's that looks like it's actually per created, bullet, and it um, looked really good. It's probably really overdone. Yeah, yeah. It has to be oh, yeah. done. Well. I fucking hate that. Feels really corny. For example, yeah. Farah was based on a rocket launcher hero. Widowmaker is clearly like kind of the sniper. We thought there was a weapon that was kind of missing that would be a lot of fun to play with, and that's a railgun. It's so much fun in the playtest to have this really powerful shot that can, you know, rip through enemies if you really are accurate with it. And she's she's all about that aim skill. So if you if you got that aim skill, you'll love her. We're still exploring new game modes, and we're also reevaluating older game modes that people are more critical of. You know, we're of the mindset <laughs> maybe maybe two CP doesn't exist in Overwatch Two, and maybe there's a new cool game mode that replaces it. We really want Overwatch Two to feel like the next evolution, a true sequel to the first game not an add-on it's not a small part it's not an extension of the original game yeah, if you're called two you really gotta fucking change it up to the original game you gotta make yeah. it feel and like well, a sequel is the, the map style that people have the most problems with anyways Hero missions mm. are probably one of the things that's the hardest to wrap your head around if you've never played one of them The goal around hero missions is for these to be this co-op PVE experience. I personally this only play competitive mode. Like, I'm all about that competition. Yeah, that's what and I was I most curious about. They don't want to do that at all. So I'm really looking forward to a game that I can play hours and hours with, with my friends who aren't in competitive. And it's also something that I'm interested in. Hero missions are the content that people are playing as they are leveling up their heroes. And so for a system like this to really sing, you need a lot of mission. We don't want players to feel like they're just in this grind to get to the top. 
and there's a lot of really, really good back-end technology that we're exploring so that the heroes are constantly bringing their personality and some light story to these hero missions as well. The goal is to make as many as possible, hundreds of hero missions. Cool. We've explored a so lot cool. of different ways of getting to that. I'd say you need a so lot because like if you have like six, it's not going to be enough. And there's different hero mission yeah. types. At the same time, hero missions can take place in all of the multiplayer. Though the amount of time I put in fucking Ghost Tsushima and we're also multiplayer <laughs> and it only had nine missions is maps. insane. So if you do it right, you can do it. It's a huge challenge for the art team. We take maps that a lot of people love and recognize and we have to add a lot more art and level design to it. In this one hero mission playtest, we came up to an area in King's Row that usually has a gate on it. Suddenly that gate opened and I saw a new area of King's Row that I had never seen before. You may be playing a payload game type and the payload may decide to take this new route instead of going the usual route. That was really, really cool. Yeah, it was really like cool. this eye-opening special moment. It's crazy how much like they're expanding like Man, world lore content for tech artists on yeah. the environment side very early on our own free time made a prototype of a sandstorm on the temple of anubis map and at the time we didn't know what we wanted to do with that but it looked awesome we looked at it and went oh my god we absolutely have to do this so we put some new technology in place that allows us to do this dynamically you'd start the mission off clear day midway through the mission suddenly this sandstorm or heavy cool. weather would show up it made the yeah, world just feel really so this is something i want a lot of games to do i want dynamic weather there's a sunset mm -hmm. daytime nighttime but depending on where you are, if you can, if you can play the same map over and over different. again, but have different California, ways to play it, different visuals, it makes it feel California fresh sun. and different. Nubani, there's a great yeah. African sun that happens there. You start to get a sense of space and mood. This is what really brings the levels to life. Well, like, like during like sandstorm mission, like just or, seeing these you know, snowstorm, your visibility is going to be reduced to like the character It's a much more cinematic experience for the player. Before you start a mission, you look at a map. It's nighttime in Necropolis, or there's a sandstorm in Necropolis. Players can make some comp choices based on knowing this information. Characters like Hanzo or Widowmaker start to be a little more valuable because they have abilities that allow them to see through the sand more clearly. Are we going to talk about any of the types of objectives in hero missions? Yeah, let's let's talk about the objectives. Yeah. Being asked to do different things from one hero mission to the next so that they all feel really fresh to the player. For example, we have gather and return where you're trying to go and grab these different canisters to kind of safeguard them so they don't go off and affect the population in a negative way. It creates this really cool tension in the world where on the one hand, you're trying to split up and go grab all these canisters to be as efficient as possible. But at the same time, now you're having these sort of special enemy units spawn that are really difficult and if you kind of get caught by yourself it turns into a pretty bad situation really quickly and it feels extremely cooperative and like a very different way to interact with the overwatch universe so we're experimenting with all sorts of ideas so and just internally we have names like wall of death scavenger hunt and kill quests and all these new mechanics and enemies for people to experience players will be able to jump in night after night play different hero missions, and then work through the progression. See, I'm, I'm interested in this. The PvP is, you know, fine. I, I like shooters, but um, 
I'm glad that they're putting effort into cooperative stuff because I know a lot of people play and they don't want to play against people. We showed the very early version of our talent system, which I think was really cool. We had that one talent where like make became the rolling snowball, which was a big hit. We've really blown that system out. I'm real excited about talents. You can play the same hero in so many different ways. Now with the skill tree, you can have fun every night doing different things and kind of experimenting. Yeah, the talent system is like oh, wow. so big. Deep. Yeah, it's way bigger it's than originally when they talked about it. Different trees. Yeah. They're saying like like slight modifiers before, tree, but that's actually like a tree. And as you're leveling and picking new talents, huh. you're starting to feel your hero change. We've had some it's pretty so hilarious cool. versions very of interesting. the healing one where his biotic field travels with him. It also repulses enemies. We called it the snowplow build, where 76 is like running through spaces, pushing enemies away from them. <laughs> Designing these is super fun because it's like we get to break all the rules that we've sort of established for ourselves and uh, we get to really take the gloves off and do crazy Sounds things like, cool. like Mercy shooting from our staff. grenade launchers yeah. and had Mercy be able to area effect res the whole team at once at super long range. It's really weird that, that this co-op mode feels like, like the biggest change, like the biggest thing they're adding in, in a sequel. Like Soldier 76's rifle, which is really welcome, they need to. Yeah. I'm surprised there's not more to the PvP outside of maps and stuff that they've talked about, but this is kind of huge, because this is what I want, really, so. There's a bunch of crazy opportunities. You know, the animations are going to change. I always complain PVE events that they have, they're attack. just seasonal events, place aren't around enough, or they don't really brought back all sorts enough. Of stuff mm -hmm. I like really enjoy doing that in novel ways. One like. Unlocking as outfits or whatever is myself. fun, but I like it as a compliment to the rest of the game. System, and if I'm playing this like, PvP oh gosh, or PvE mode and language. working towards unlocking all that shit while also getting outfits, that's enough for me yes, to keep so playing yeah. games. So start at the bottom of the tree. Like, yes, oh my, exactly. like Tracer gets to do what? Yeah. And then you start working and kind of planning how you're going to get down there. It's like, so fun. When we look back at BlizzCon 2019 and we talk about some of the criticisms that we had, one of them as a development team that we felt was that the combat was just not engaging enough. So the fact that our combat wasn't highly engaging to us as players meant that we had a problem with the enemy units and that they just weren't feeling interesting enough. Just because we show something to the public it doesn't mean that that is what it's going to be. If we make discoveries where things aren't working how we want, they're not reading how we want, they're not fun enough, we're totally down to reinvestigate, reiterate, and just really find ways to level kind of all aspects of things until they feel good. I get why I this segment's so much longer. There's really a lot to unpack here. 2020 was yeah. to make the null sector enemy units more engaging. And some of this was adding new units and evolving other units that we had. Interesting combat for us is varied combat for us. So sometimes we're going to ask you to protect something in Overwatch 2. Sometimes we're just going to ask you to get someplace. Sometimes we might ask you to escort something across a map while it's being attacked. And so it's a different type of spawning and it's a different type of units that are that are in there and it's a simpler objective. There's a lot of units Aaron is talking about. Lots of different units, lots of different types. They serve different purposes. You do different things to them. It's really gonna help a lot of us find the fun and make sure that Overwatch 2 is a blast. One of those sets of, of enemies is, is what we internally call objective units. And they're typically units that 
don't even attack players. The simplest version would be something like the Breacher. It's two legs with this huge bomb on its back. It was built to do one thing, slowly and methodically march towards its objective, and then it transforms, and the bomb opens up like a flower. It starts spinning and charging up, and you hear this awesome sound, and you know you have a little bit of time before it's gonna explode and you have to take it out. We have units like the Slicers, which you guys have seen before. They, they're little, we call them the chickens. They play little chicken slides. They're they run really fast. You know, we have a guy they where remind me of Rousers from flies and drops these bombs that create these kind of oh, yeah. expanding smoke fields that you have to escape from because they're super deadly. Um, so you really get to use your mobility options to kind of escape that. There's things like the Polar. You could be moving through these darker alleys, and as soon as you hear that Polar spawn, it suddenly becomes like, really spooky and kind of scary. This very tall, elegant-looking character that's blindfolded, three orbs that circle around her as her eyes, and we, we basically spun those orbs around her head as a big tell, launched them at the player, and then it activated <laughs> this tractor beam, and it's bringing you in and bringing you in, and then you get this awesome like, anticipation mm -hmm. of the hair cool. opening up so you know what's about to happen. One thing we've just recently been experimenting with is this idea of elite units. We didn't want the elite units to feel like they're just, oh, this guy's got double health and double Tank. damage. We want to make sure the elite units feel like they have different behaviors and have different attacks. So for example, an, an Omnic Grunt, normally he just kind of, he fires his gun, he dies pretty simply. If you fight elite Grunts, his weapon fires in a burst fire pattern. It's very deadly if you're close. And if you manage to take him out, they don't just die right away. They instead can crawl on the ground towards you, and you, 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 know, you try to back away because um, you know if they get to you, they can explode. Artillery at BlizzCon. We're all just staring at this, and we're like, "What is? What are we going to do to level this up?" One of the things we really felt wasn't coming through was the damage states. We intend for players to shoot these guns off, but currently it's not reading as something that can happen in the game easily. We change the design, we change the animation, and we go back and forth and just continually iterate. We decided, hey, you know what? We're gonna just delete half of these damage states, so now it's super readable. From an animation standpoint, we decided on spinning barrel version. Just did this really nice kickback. The tip of the barrel opens up when it's about to fire and shifts into place and boom! It's really amazing to be fighting an artillery unit and you can see the guns on the side and as you're shooting the guns, they're actually visibly taking damage and then you can blow them off and it reacts and kind of stumbles to the side and really makes you feel like you're there and it's super fun. In a lot of the stuff we've showed so far, you're fighting null sector. These are evil killing machines intent on marching you down. The way you're going to stop them is by shooting them. And we want to make sure that feels responsive. We're going to stop them by shooting them. To take a hit. All right. It feels like their whole body has been punched, almost like hit by a truck. That's what really sells this fantasy that you're playing these superheroes. One of the cool pieces of technology that we created was what we call chain hit reactions. Oftentimes, you'll find Null Sector bunched up, marching oh, that's cool. maybe a half a dozen units. It's really rest. cool. You expect if you shoot one. I'm just glad they're putting a lot of emphasis into so we uh, made that feedback, visceral. Turns out it's uh, really fun feeling, too. combat. <laughs> really, really fucking matters. It's like when you play a game and you're swinging at an enemy and you see that their health's going down, but they're not really reacting to it versus a game where you hit someone and they actually get hit. You feel like they're impacting them, yeah. But also kind of show that a hero has evolved and kind of changed and moved forward. So we have a lot more new looks. So I'm excited to see how players and fans react to all of the ones that we've done so far.
maybe we'll share some of those new looks uh, yeah. today, which would be cool. So we're gonna reveal that guy's just um, ready for people to watch. He's like, not leak something some if you show it. Secrets hurt him. Uh, yeah, he hates it. It hurts. <laughs> I wanted to talk a little bit about technical wear, you know, like technical clothing. What that really is is using you know very techy fabrics as well as you know having very intricate but functional straps designed in a way that it's very aesthetically pleasing. With McCree, we took a couple of different approaches. He's got this classic cowboy look that it's really hard to mess with because if you try to make him too sophisticated or too techy, it might not feel right for the character. But as a concept artist, you always want to change things around and try different shapes and, and silhouettes. So we did identify his red serape as the main thing for McCree. We also tried a couple different things with McCree's cowboy hat. We didn't really want to mess with that too much because that's a very iconic part of him. So that's another piece that we that we kept. We tried some retro cowboy looks that mixed in some tech here and there. Um, some that were a little bit more techy than others, some that were a little bit more classic cowboy. We gave him a little bit of a longer beard, and it really gives him a nice kind of like a, a more age. I love look. seeing those character concept designs. What's different about Vera mm -hmm. than some of our other heroes is well, that's Vera's one big pull this game too. It's just the, the design of characters um, and it was more about outfits and everything like that. So. so it it's a very really imaginative game. To be the one to harken yeah. back to those original Overwatch colors of white and blue. One of the things that we wanted to update on Farah was her visor. Instead of being completely opaque and reflective, we tried a little bit more of a transparent approach. And being able to see through it a little bit now allows us to see some more of her, some more of her emotions. Reaper was actually the ones I was very excited to work on because I could see a lot of potential in how we can integrate his cloak and his cowl and his armor and how we can make all those shapes really sing within that classic, you know, Reaper silhouette. We tried a couple takes with the first pass, like completely silver arms, more layers to his jacket. Reaper's bat. Did you know Geico could save you hundreds cool. on car insurance? And cool more? commercial. So You're gonna have to pause, Chris, unless you got a commercial as well. I'm pausing. Okay. <laughs> oh, you motherfuckers. <laughs> okay, so I'm going to pause and I'm at 2707. Okay, let me go back up a little. You get ad block on there. Apparently. Yeah, I apologize for everybody watching going, I need Geico now. Fucking no, you don't. Don't give him shit. <laughs> Never getting sponsored by Geico now. Fuck him. Did, uh, did you get it? Yep. All right. Let's try this again. Three, two, one, go. Sacred to us. But the thing you'll notice immediately is that it's now completely silver. Instead of the bone white, he's got the, this like almost like deadly edgy silver that just gives him that classic Reaper look. With Widowmaker, we started with the IDA stage exploring a breadth of ideas. We tried things like a more insectoid approach, treasure hunter. One of them made her feel like a classic Bond villain. So we kind of steered it back towards one of the more cyberpunk looking ones, almost like a futuristic femme fatale, which is basically what Widowmaker is, but she even feels more upgraded. So I'm super glad that we went down this route. We played with different hairstyles too. Widowmaker has the really long ponytail that's really key part of her look. And we really liked the hairstyle on one of the designs that was more of a parade. And it was really interesting look that also preserves Widowmaker's They're not going to get in trouble because she has an ass, ponytail. are they? We've been working a lot with that was a big um, thing. our <laughs> domino engine like, and making our cloth look butt. better. Now that we have this cloth tech, 
we're gonna be able to make some really cool, unique silhouettes that will help them stand out. I hope out he looks like that in the game. <laughs> we put a lot of time and everywhere. effort into our face rig. And it's what I mean by that is we're gonna get really close to these characters, and it's gonna feel really cool. It is absolutely worth the time and the effort to invest in the technology, and that way we can make these characters do more things that we haven't really been able to do before. It's been super exciting working on the new looks for Overwatch 2, and it's just been so inspiring to watch the team try things that we've never tried before, and I just can't wait to show up more in the future. Overwatch 2 is probably the largest opportunity we've had since the inception of the franchise to really expand what Overwatch even means to our players. In Zero Hour, we saw that some of the heroes got back together, but we're also seeing that there seems to be a second huge Omnic uprising. We're gonna learn who's behind that uprising, why that's happening, how globally spread is it. The story and franchise development group, they were really the torchbearers of what the big story is that we were gonna tell for this game. We have a lot of interaction with them. They're working on in-game cinematic intros and outros for every one of our story missions. It's been really great to see this collaboration grow and develop. The story is just a little more integrated into our missions than it ever really has been before. All the available heroes get dialogue for a given mission. We have NPCs, we have multiple hero choices. We have all sorts of events that are happening that are driving players to interact with each other or parts of the environment or other characters. Your world of Overwatch is this bright, shiny future. So how do you take that bright, shiny future and create conflict in it? How dark can the world of Overwatch go? Very. The different challenges that these characters are gonna have to overcome in Overwatch 2 are things that they haven't ever dealt with before or dealt with on this scale. So what we had to do was literally strip it down to those bare bones of where are these characters in their lives. Overwatch has been disbanded, and now there's a situation where the world's in trouble again, and the world needs the heroes again, but they're not allowed to be doing what they were supposed to be doing. We started to book these off-site locations so we could brainstorm over and over different versions of what the Overwatch 2 story campaign could be. And we basically had these whiteboards that we were carting around everywhere. The room was filled with whiteboards and we would just write every day story beats with the characters and who was doing what and where, and oh my gosh, we forgot this character. We had these giant sticky notes and each one of them would be a mission with a bunch of notes on it. You know, somebody say, well, what if we moved Rio to the end and they'd physically grab it off the wall and stick it on the end. And we did this for a while, you know, until we all felt that it was pretty close to what we wanted. Then we could send it to our writer's rooms. The writer's rooms then had a much clearer direction of where we wanted this process to go. Ultimately, we come up with something that we think is right for the game, and then we pitch it back to the game team and they point out everything that uh, we missed. And that allows us to actually back up and go and make it right and make it better. Because the scale of this story is so huge, it takes place over the whole world, basically. It just requires a constant iteration, constant refinement to make the story as best as we can make it. From writing, we go to storyboards. The storyboards get crafted with the edit. From there, it'll go to a previs department where they'll start to flesh out Ooh, the yeah. Once we've kind of figured out our camera work and our cinematography, like. that'll then go to the animation <laughs> department. And then we end up going right into the game engine. One of our challenges 
was to figure out how to integrate this story and this narrative with the gameplay. So the yeah. intro cinematic ends with this huge battle, this huge war. When you get into the game, it has to mesh and feel the exact same way and blend together. You really are also trying to get the music to be equally as consistent from in-game cinematics straight through to the mission. Adam Burgess, our lead composer, has been working with the IGC team, with the game team, developing themes for all of the heroes, all of the locations. As the cinematic director, whatever we're crafting should never override the gameplay. We want to make sure that the player's experience going from the cinematic to the gameplay is seamless and it feels like a completely immersive experience. The engineers, we have to find a way to actually make that come to fruition. The Choreo tool is a tool that allows people to coordinate different events to happen at the same time. Like in Rio, if you've played our demo, one of the buildings explodes. And so that kind of event needs to happen as you're running by and you need to have it timed because if it blows up too early, then you don't see it. Mm. It allows story moments in missions that That's interact with the that, environment, uh, the that interact with our characters. Mm -hmm. new Way new a long time ago, that we really tried now, to do. Allowing us to was really admirable to try, but just didn't work. What's also really powerful about Corium is that, awesome, you know, if somebody has an sure. idea, they can mock it's things cool up really quickly. It's cool to see in modern yeah, time people still trying to awesome tell story in case he was able to this kind of way. put a really rough prototype in Corio. And Philip would come in and on the fly, he's making quick changes. They play tested something that would normally take weeks. It was done in like a matter of days. Each story mission has its own custom map built for it. And these maps Jesus Christ, pause. Skin fucking ads left and right now. It's like you've been watching this for a while. You should be watching some ads. Alright, uh let's go back to thirty three fifty. Got it? Uh one sec. Fucking assholes. Fucking Adobe. I'm sorry, I use Adobe products. Okay. Good. Don't let me get pissed. Uh alright, three, two, one, go. Maps are absolutely gigantic. Fucking India YouTube. is one of our biggest maps. And it's a fun map because it has a few story beats that we've taken yeah, from YouTube. recent comics. and, and These maps look amazing the so far. They look really good, yeah. Just the design of them. It's for each so cool. Looking. So that the cities feel lived in. And I think that informs the artists so that they know like what it is that the city has been through. Gothenburg was our chance to show Torbjorn's workshop. We created a space that kind of fits his height. So there's, you know, step ladders and scalable tables. <laughs> we designed the space as if we were a tour, you know? Molten steel is pouring out of walls. Rock and it's stone. pretty epic when you walk into it. Right there. Toronto was under siege by Null Sector when the players arrived here. There's a dynamic snowstorm. So as you make your way through the level, the snow is slowly building up. Suddenly by the end, the characters are caught in this gigantic snowstorm and they must fight their way through. In Overwatch 2, we want to give you choice to be able to play this character or that character. So we're designing a lot of systems around how their relationships develop over the course of the story missions in the campaign. We have a cast of many characters, all on screen, all at the same time. And it's fantastic to actually see them all interacting and working together in ways that we've never actually seen. We've always thought about it and hoped for it, but now it's actually happening. It actually requires us to have a whole new branching dialogue system. If you happen to have Genji and Mercy in the second mission of the game, you might get different dialogue that's about their relationship. 
our voice actors bring the characters to life in ways that everybody has fallen in love with, from Inside Blizzard to the fans. It's just to hear this collection of actors all together, all interacting, has been a real treat. Whoa. <laughs> I wish people could it's so see funny. The voice how many Red people are involved like when it comes to something like to telling the story of Overwatch. It doesn't just come from a singular person. It comes it's from kind of the beauty of being a voice actor really is you don't have to meet any visual requirement. You just got to be able to do the voice. Yeah, we hope sure. is one of yep. the best stories yep. ever. Uh, there's some key story moments that I'm really excited about. And I really it's like Mark Hamill back when he first started doing voice acting stuff. He was talking about how he liked them. That you could just come in like in sweats or whatever, schlubby, mm -hmm. and just get in the booth and start acting. It's like it's nice. We've you don't have to get all fucking about the game, makeup about up and this wardrobe. Mm -hmm. like I know you all love it avatars. so much. They just get right to wake now, up, and we can turn sit the thing on and go. And and do that anyway. Too, and have a streamers <laughs> do that too. Fair. We need some more time so we can say yeah, typically it's perfectly polished in the way that we want it. We've made such incredible strides since we first announced this and showed it to the community at BlizzCon in 2019. The thing that I'm most excited about is that moment when we hand the game over to the players. We want to create something that it's really like moves people, really touches people. <laughs> That's why we Can we it. hand it over? He's forcing himself to say that. There's no way they're excited of your life <laughs> to hand it over to the players for you to experience so they can just it. go, I don't like this. That's not what I wanted. We're upping the bar. And it could be like five people, but they're so loud it sounds like an army. The new tag and the new aesthetics for the new looks bring you closer oh, to the characters not. that you love. And we're just getting started. The fidelity of the gameplay experience is much richer. We are making cinematics that push the boundary of what we can do to tell stories. We want this dynamic world. We want things to feel alive. On YouTube now. I'm really looking Put forward ads to being able to expand <laughs> the show. world of Overwatch for our players. We're really trying to tell this epic story. In order to make a game great, it takes time, energy, collaboration. We have just an incredibly professional team of designers and artists and engineers. We just love bringing this world to you guys. So many cool characters. It's just a blast working on it. Our goal is for Overwatch 2 to be the worthy successor to the first game, to be the next evolution and to be a true sequel. We have big plans, so thank you for sticking with us. We're gonna cross the finish line, and I know it's gonna be awesome. I hope people just end up loving playing it over and over. That's what we want to try and capture. I'm jumping in, I'm playing. Let's go <laughs> be heroes. I don't wanna be a hero. <laughs> don't tell me how to live my life. True. Oh my. Okay, so uh, pretty much like I said in the last one, we think of the presentation, when we think about what was shown? We think about YouTube fucking forcing ads on me. And now um, not loading. And now not loading. Thank you, YouTube, for allowing <laughs> me this wonderful channel with a great community. Um, I'll stop in first because uh, I, have, I have some stuff to say on this. Um, so I've already said many times at this point that uh, I don't really play Overwatch a whole lot because it lacks a couple things. What they're doing with Overwatch 2 um, sounds a lot it, it sounds more bold and more ambitious than the first one. Kind of similar to Titanfall and how Titanfall 2 was the answer to the things that people wanted from Titanfall 1. Um, 
and uh, not to compare them directly, they're not, they're not even remotely similar, but like um, that approach I like. Overwatch 2 is sounding like um, it's it's listening to everything that people wanted from Overwatch and making that, but while also um, evolving Overwatch into something bigger and better in every way. Um, at first I was like, ah, you know, those are some cool updates, but it sounds like an update. It sounds like a patch. But then you start getting into the co-op stuff, the progression, which has gotten a lot crazier than when I originally heard about it. Um, the story missions. Um, it really sounds like they're trying to make a game that you could stay in. And I know people who are into Overwatch can do that. But for someone like me, uh, something that can pull me back to playing it and, you know, playing like, you know, playing with friends or whatever. I get off work. I'm like, I want to play Overwatch too. Um, I had that thing I was doing and blah, 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 blah. And uh, that's that's really cool. Um, uh, it's a genuine surprise for me because I'm, I've my opinion on Overwatch has pretty much been the same since beta. You know, I, I appreciate yeah. everything about it. I just don't get pulled back to play it. And I feel like Overwatch Two might be maybe the antidote to that problem for me. Um, I am already thinking about how much I kind of want to play that co-op mode. That looks really fun. It sounds really fun. Um, I already know you're going to be playing it, Chris. So I know I have people I could play it with. Um, which would be nice to be able to play that game because I know you know I know a couple people play Overwatch still quite a bit and uh, um, it'd be neat to be able to hop in there and play with you guys. Um, so I'm I'm actually a lot more hyped on this than I thought. I'm not gonna get like super crazy hyped about it because I want to be responsible for that uh, or with that because um, you know it's easy to go like oh it looks awesome blah, blah blah blah. But I really like what they're doing with it. I like I like where they're going with it. Um, I also think the presentation was a lot better than the last one, uh, the the World of Warcraft one. Uh, I felt more genuine, felt more passionate, felt like people who were just kind of like talking transparently um, about what they're doing, and and they sound excited about it. Um, it's cool to hear from the individual people in sound design, uh, map design, uh, story direction, stuff like that. Um, I like what they're doing with the audio engine. That's that's awesome sounding. Um, the maps look cool. They look. Um, you know, they're going to be more they're going to be confined like the other ones like they're going to be like overwatch maps but like the design of them seems really um ambitious visually i haven't played overwatch recently so i don't know what the newer maps look like but the original ones they're all nice looking but these definitely feel like an evolution in design um i also liked the idea of um when doing the the, the payload missions the escort missions or whatever uh different routes hmm. um I, I, they are thinking about it's not even a question to me they are thinking about you playing this game over and over again and how to dynamically change that experience as you play it with those different routes weather stuff like that ease up the monotony and it's very smart because yeah. i i will accept pretty minimal stuff i i don't mind the grind as long as i like what i'm going for in a game but a lot of people aren't as uh as as lenient i guess and um that's why I appreciate when people can change things up. Like Warframe was really smart early on in like having um, their tile sets rearrange when mm -hmm. you played the maps. It made playing the same fucking map over and over again uh, less of a chore than a game that you're just playing the exact same thing over and over right. and over again. You couldn't memorize the path. Exactly. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. and it's really smart. And so I appreciate when people do small little things. I mean, I swear, so many, so many FPSs out there I wish had... Like 
uh, it's just a natural day night cycle. And when you fucking started that mission up, it would just randomly go like you're starting at this time of day and it might go into dusk or might just be in the middle of the day or might yeah. be at night, a full night mission or into dawn or whatever. And then have like random weather that can happen on that map. Or maybe this map's always just hot, but then other ones might rain or something like that. And uh, that's something I always wish more games would do. And so that they're even talking and stuff like that. I'm like, that's, that's awesome. Cause that's something that I wish more games would fucking do. Um, but you know, over, overall, uh, it's it's looking pretty cool. It's uh, it's got all the the ingredients that I really appreciate out of the first game, while also adding um, more ambitious ideas that can get me more interested in uh, interacting with the game. So um, I'm I'm definitely interested. I'm I'm glad that they're doing a lot of stuff that they're doing with this. So Chevy, <clears throat> um, presentation wise, it was definitely a lot better than the last one. Way better, uh, though it, it's obviously a lot more produced than the last one Mm -hmm. um i think that was to its benefit um also the people talking in this one um though hamming it up a little bit did feel more natural definitely um Mm -hmm. which i appreciate i've heard i don't know his name but the kaplan sure the the guy who's in the top middle there yeah Um, i was like we can't wait to give this to the players yeah i mean that guy's been the the face (laughs) of the the dev yeah videos uh forever now so um, I already know what to expect out of him, and it was it was more the same, which isn't a bad thing. I'm just, you know, consistency, which is good. And old Leaky Pete, Mister, can I we talk? That, can I we hope talk that's about his it? name, Leaky Pete. I hope so. He looks like a Leaky Pete. Um, <laughs> and, as, and as far as like them, you know, like taking the approach of of making a natural evolution of the series, um, it, it seems like they're they're putting their money where the mouth is on that, uh, because every aspect of the game. In fact, the, the only thing they really didn't talk about was the verses like they kind of touched on yeah, it they barely bit. touched it it's weird uh, but i like stuff they did talk about but they barely touched the pvp they, they mostly just said that mm-hmm. they're 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 i guess the way like combat is going to change mm-hmm. is going to change the way pvp feels is, is yeah is basically a hurt there other than that uh the map design aspect of it is where you're you're going to get some changes in pvp as well but it seems like that, that they're not going to mess with that too much other mm-hmm. than uh you know, taking feedback in beta to see what people like and don't like. I feel um, I, I feel like it's smart though to just translate the amount of work they put into balancing into the next game well, and, and just and don't change fuck the way with jobs feel and stuff too like much. That. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. They they talked about PvP without directly talking about PvP is what yeah, happened there. Yeah. Um, and they and they they highlighted the the big shit, the for big sure. changes coming. So. Um, obviously, the major focus there was uh, the new stuff they're adding, um, mm-hmm. and it does seem like they're not. Uh, skimping on that when when they said you know hundreds of of missions for co-op that's That'd be crazy. really important it's also a lot yeah that's um, a shitload uh, god if they said fucking 30 i'd be like ah, that's crazy it'd be really easy for them <laughs> and it would keep the people they already have by throwing in a just real basic co-op mode that's just fighting bots essentially um mm-hmm. they didn't do that so uh, I think that that does uh, deserve to be uh, praised of of them as a company to or as a development team, I should say, mm-hmm. to uh, to yeah. really to really go for it. Yeah. Um, and and then upgrading everything, you know, dynamic events, weather, sound effects, even like screen shake, like for feedback and stuff like that. Like you said, mm-hmm. shooters, 
specifically in a competitive sense, feedback's huge. Every every bit of information you can get without the game just directly like having someone near going like this is happening, this is happening, this is happening. Yeah. Um, is really important and and, and adds to the the experience. Well, right? making what you do feel good as well For makes sure. you want to play it mm-hmm. more than as opposed to like ah, I guess I won. His sure, health so went, his health is gone. If you played like quake you know for example when you jump around shooting the way you do in that game but then like you hit someone with a rocket and they just kind of like fall over yeah it's really anticlimactic. they don't even ragdoll they just like just fall right go into like a death animation and just drop to the ground it would completely kill (laughs) the the mood right versus like you hit them (laughs) and and pieces just go everywhere yeah right you know their decks their head and hand and everything went every direction it's visually appealing it makes you feel good and it's so like out there that it, it you're not like taking it like this gory seriousness as much as like you know you look at like a Tarantino movie for example where yeah, it's just for sure. crazy for the sake of entertainment right yeah. um, that's important that's that's gameplay feedback and they're they're taking obviously not the gory approach but the same you know concept of approach and stuff Overwatch like Tool introduce fucking horrible violence yeah. <laughs> and gore um, so I mean it's that makes Mortal Kombat uh, for, for fans of the series and for people coming into this one for the first time, um, you know, I think they have a lot to look forward to. So. Definitely. Chris, you play Overwatch. What do you think? Ooh, I do. Well, first off, the presentation was, like you said, better uh, than the previous one that we watched. Uh, it just feels more natural, um, not as scripted. But, uh, like, I'm... I was in the camp before of like, well, if they're just making all this stuff added to Overwatch 2, it should just be just added to Overwatch. It feels like DLC content. That's what I thought too. Separate game. But now after seeing this explained out in more fleshed out detail, it feels like a newer game that I'm more willing to, at this point, think about buying, you know, paying for more content. Mm-hmm. Um, it just, the sound design that they're going with, I like it a lot. It's, it's stepping away from the cartoony sound. I'm not saying that Overwatch sounds super cartoony mm-hmm. but overwatch 2 definitely has that really realistic sounding audio which like you said is very important you can tell where people are shooting from based on the audio cues um you can just it just sounds so cool it sounds like like it's like a battlefield or you know a call of duty but with a cartoonier feel which is a really neat concept um i'm personally no surprise super excited about pve content um and the fact that they're adding so much to it uh, I, I hope that they add like a kind of make your own level design type thing where not as they're like build like the whole level out, but like you can place like certain enemies in certain locations. Like a, like a mission kind of, editor. Yeah, thing, like yeah. make your own mission, make your own stories um, if you felt like it. But I mean, they're going to have plenty from the sounds of it, plenty of PVE content without having to need something like that. Mm-hmm. But I'm just kind of excited overall for it. It's starting to look really good. The character designs are neat. It, they feel like evolutions of the characters. They don't just feel like, you know, kind of side costumes. They, they feel like these characters have aged and progressed from what we've seen so far to, you know, their current iterations. It's really cool to see. Definitely. And I was, I resonated with me when you said that you were in the camp of like, why not just up, update the game? Why not just have a patch mm-hmm. or an expansion or something. That's what I thought too. Cause when they're like, Oh, overwatch two is pretty much like the first one carrying into the next one. And it's like, 
they're going to add some stuff here and there. And I'm like, yeah, couldn't you just add that to Overwatch, though? Like, you already got people playing Overwatch. So add, like, a big new chunk of content. They'll be happy. People who used to play might come back. People they don't play might be interested in playing it. But then seeing this, I'm like, I think you're adding enough systems and enough content here that's brand new content that it does merit uh, at least selling it separately as something else and not, you know, for it to be a sequel, I don't know yet. Like, you know, of course they're saying it is, and of course it is if they say it is. But um, um, but the right. content-wise, it does feel like a big enough chunk to separate it from the original Overwatch and not just patch it in. I mean, they're changing stuff with, um, you know, uh, the engine too, with like the weather and stuff like that and the perk trees and stuff like that. That stuff's not in Overwatch. So it's like... Uh, you are paying for this new experience in Overwatch, an expansion of uh, of, of pretty much everything um, that they did and more. So, um, so yeah, I think I, I'm trying to fucking wrap this up in the way I'm just kind of babbling <laughs> at this point. Um, I was of the same mindset, but now I am starting to see that it does merit just being Overwatch too, with the amount of stuff they're adding. So, I mean, they really are overhauling like everything. Um, so it's, uh, it's pretty cool. Like, honestly, this, this did a lot more for me than I thought it was going to do. Um, cause I was like, oh, I'm sure it'll be cool looking, but now I'm like, nah, I, I want to play that. So <laughs> looks like it'll be fun. Yep. So yeah. Anything else you guys want to say on Overwatch? All right, let's move in to Diablo. Uh, this is going to be a long episode. Um, but worth it. There's a lot of content. All right. So, um, real quickly, just talking about it. Um, I'm stoked to see this. Uh, I, I'm a fan of, uh, loot in games. I'm a fan of progression in games. I'm a fan of skill trees. I'm a fan of top down isometric Diablo like games, including Diablo, the series. And, um, yeah, I like Diablo two, uh, Diablo three played Diablo back in the day. It's, it's Diablo, but, um, played a shitload of Diablo 3, fucking to the point where I can't play it anymore. So I'm ready for fucking Diablo 4. Um, so I'm excited to see what they do with it. Uh, they showed a little bit before, and, it, you know, the trailer that came out, I really fucking liked. You never even watched that. Nope. Um, it was a really good trailer for Diablo 4, the original one. Um, so I'm stoked to see this one. I believe they showed the Rogue or something. Um, and then gameplay. I haven't seen much on it. I saw a couple blips here and there, and it looked really good. It looks like they're kind of going back to... A more grittier Diablo 2 look with 4, which is really exciting because Diablo 3 got really kind of flashy and and, and, complaint, and, Diablo 3. and hyper feeling. Um, so I do hope they can kind of bring it back to uh, Diablo 2 because I really feel like Path of Exile is Diablo 3. Um, <laughs> but... Uh, but uh but yeah I'm, I'm i'm this is this is blizzcon this is the thing in blizzcon that i'm, I'm i am excited to see so because like i do i this is right my alley this is my kind of game so um thoughts before we go into it not really chris you like diablo i love diablo all right well, i was so i'm so excited for this yeah all right you ready mm-hmm. all right three Two, one, go. Hey everyone, thank you very much for joining us. 
I am so excited to kick off the Diablo segment of our show. It's quieter. I am honored Except for the music yeah. just wasn't. So, yeah, it's bad. Share the news and updates we have in store for you today. We've got a lot of Diablo to cover, and I hope you'll agree with me that About it's a 30 great minutes. time to be a member of this community. All right, let's kick things off with Diablo 4. We first shared our game with you during BlizzCon of 2019, and we've been truly humbled by your response. We've kept in touch through quarterly updates. I don't know about that. Yeah. <laughs> I got thoughts on your announcement. We unveil more and more of the game and share in its development. After all, Diablo belongs to you as much as it belongs to us. Most recently, we teased an update to our campfire screen. And savvy fans, of course, understood that we meant more than just the character lighting and fire visual effects. That's right. Today, we're happy to announce a brave new soul joining the barbarian, the sorcerer, and the druid on this dangerous journey back to Sanctuary. A class is one of the most exciting things you can announce in a Diablo game. Is this it? Is Thanks for letting me know. To me, as it's a mentioning <laughs> of one of the first classes to ever appear in the series. New guns Let's are the most exciting thing you could reveal in an FPS. Mm. I was a thief who stole from those more fortunate. I strayed from your light and found my trade in the shadows. They call it murder. I say, job. Very visceral. Oh yeah. A little surprised like actually. I am a thief. A heretic. A it's a little bold for father. what I would assume modern blizzard. Yeah. I think Diablo's pretty much the only one that they really still allow mm -hmm. to get kind of mature with, I guess. Thank the heavens for 
heavens. I assure you, Father. The heavens didn't send me. Her moves. <laughs> the animations are fucking good. Yeah. smells so bad. Oh, for sure. There's a reason why people don't have closets full of ears. <laughs> that, that's, the, that's the reason. Though. That's the reason. It's just yeah. fucking small. That's awful. the sole reason. That's it. It's the reason I don't have them. I feel like it's gonna haunt me for a long time. I've been a huge fan of the Rogue ever since the original Diablo. Even seeing them come back as NPCs and mercenaries in Diablo 2's Rogue encampment served as a great bridge between the games. With the setting of Diablo 4 being a larger world than we've ever played in before, we're excited to show you not just what the successors to the original rogues in the series have been up to since the fall of their order, but also what some of the other rogues in the world of Sanctuary might look like. I hope Diablo 4 fucking comes out as satisfying as Diablo 3 became. The rogue takes us to a whole yeah. new because Diablo, I played the fuck out of Diablo 3 before. The expansion, but like quite a bit, but it really got good after that. Our goal is to let you create the kind of rogue that you want to play. Whether it's an unrivaled archer modeled after the original sisterhood, or a cloak and dagger rogue from the darkest alleys of Chaldeum, in Diablo 4, you will have the freedom to create the rogue that you imagine by cool. customizing the looks the background, and the playstyle of your character. Please stick around for our segment later today, mm -mm. where I'll be joined by other members of <laughs> Sorry, the bro. No, I refuse. Share a closer look at the rogue Need to ask better than that. As well as some of the busy man. That we're to the game. <laughs> Even though we're going to be watching that. No, dude, they had like a fucking hey, another 44 minute dive. thing. Yeah, the deep dive not thing's almost an hour. You're looking for and I might watch that at a different time. On mobile, we've got you covered. Diablo Immortal has everything you'd expect from a triple A action RPG. From the visceral combat and epic loot to an all new story, bridging the gap between the events of Diablo 2 and Diablo 3. Later Interesting. Today, you can join the Immortal team. You guys don't have phones? About some of the things they've learned from their recent alpha oh, I got rid of my phone because of this. Still not all. I hate Diablo Immortal so much I don't want my phone. <laughs> don't offer. Talk about the classes, the items, or the stories of the early Diablo games. You may have picked up on the absolute reverent tone we reserve for that golden era of Diablo. 
Maybe you share that love of the classics, and just hearing us talk about them makes you want to take on Mephisto or Bale one more time. Or maybe even for the first time. After all, some of our favorite moments happened a long time ago, and not just in Sanctuary years. If so, we have a special surprise for you today. Look like he rebooted for a second. <laughs> I could use one of those. Yeah, we're probably gonna skip the two videos after this. Look at that shit. Yeah. Look at this shit. That's quite the difference. Right? It's it's interesting because it looks like the original, but like looks better graphically by like a lot. But it still has that like old school feel. Mm -hmm. Has like some of like the more stiff animations and spells and stuff like that. But right, right. That's really interesting. Although I am apprehensive in the sense that um, didn't Warcraft three come out and people were not happy with it yeah i don't remember i don't know the details about it but people are very upset by it from what yeah i, I heard i people were saying like it's the worst thing blizzard's released so that's coming out in everything that's with cool. cross russian that's cool after more than 20 years Fuck. the dark wanderer all this diablo and once again he travels east always east oh my god diablo 2 is a landmark game for blizzard Diablo 2 Resurrected is a full HD remaster of both the original game and the expansion, Lord of Destruction. It takes the 2D sprite-based classic that we love and brings it into the present in 3D, utilizing up-to-date graphical rendering and lighting technologies. It also includes modernizing all 27 minutes of cinematics recreated shot for shot with the explicit intention of preserving both the look and the pacing of the original movies show so crazy has a long history of games that we're proud of and when we think that's just borderline a fucking we think a remake a yeah it's not a remaster they fuck it's made in 3d now it's funny to think that some of you weren't even born when D2 was released. You be quiet. Which makes it all the more important that we deliver an authentic experience wherever you play. We want everyone to relive their memories or experience the game for the very first time on their platform of choice. And so we're excited to bring Diablo 2 Resurrected to PC and console along with cross-progression. And for those of you are in love with the original 
and you just wish it worked more seamlessly on modern computers, you can bring back all of that nostalgia exactly as you remember and enjoy the game in its original 2D form, much like we did with StarCraft Remastered. Really? There's a lot to talk yeah, about. Yeah, yeah, I can, I can explain Later that a little. Today, Diablo speedrunner Mr. Llama will host a roundtable with members of the development all right, we're not going to go into the breakdowns, and because of time, we are just going to talk about this and move to the next segment. So, um, what are you going to explain? Uh, so, the the remaster, it's a, it's a filter that they've added, basically, to the classic game. So, it literally, you can turn it off and on, um, and it just kind of layers over. It, they were saying that it literally just is taking the coding and, sort, and the playing gameplay of the original game and adding a filter, basically, over it. There's no like remastered like system. It's just a it's a something pasted over the top of the original Diablo two. Hmm. Interesting. That's cool. You yeah. can play it like that though, because yeah, some people might not want to play this new version and just want like a more modern ability to play it on PC, like he said, and uh, that they're even giving that option. It's it's really cool. I hope they fucking nail it. I hope. I hope there's no weird things about this because if you're gonna just like Warcraft three, if you're gonna fucking bring this back. Uh, you got to nail it, and they didn't nail it with Warcraft. And of course, these are different teams, but um, the amount of stuff I've heard about that uh, remaster, remake, whatever it is of Warcraft 3, I'm just like, fuck, hopefully they don't release it and get that kind of reception. <laughs> but other than that, uh, that looked awesome. Like, I'm really excited about Diablo 2. Was it uh, re-something? Resurrected? Resurrected. Yeah, something like that. Um, so that's really fucking cool. Uh Diablo Immortals, I mean, I I don't got anything for, really. Like, I'm curious about it, because they, they're really trying to sell it, but I know it's going to be, like, all free-to-play bullshit feeling. Um, is it free-to-play, or do you got to buy it? I don't know. I'm sure they'll sell it. Oh, well, if they sell it, I'll be a little more inclined to play it. I don't know. I'm, I'm talking on my ass right now, but uh, <laughs> I just look at them like it's probably going to be, like, some fucking free-to-play mobile game, and, like, I don't, I don't have no interest in that. Maybe it's going to be awesome. I don't know. I like that it's like a link between two and three, though. That's that's kind of cool. Um, as a concept, I, I'm not a mobile fucking gamer. Um, and then um, Diablo 4, I'm really excited about that. Uh, the Rogue coming back is really cool. Um, the moves looked awesome. The animations look really good. The environments look really good. The cinematic was interesting. It wasn't, like, amazing, but it was it was cool. It kind of sets the tone. Um, not nearly as good as that fucking original Diablo 4 trailer, though. That shit was really good. Um, I was really impressed with that. Um, but it reminded me of, like, old Blizzard and their cinematics and, like, the darker tone. That was really fucking creepy. Um, but, yeah, really cool. Um, really excited to play that. Uh, especially coming from Diablo 3 and, like, just really getting to know those fucking... Uh, the, the classes and that. Um, getting, like, a fresh set of... Um, well, I, there's a barbarian in this. There always seems to be some kind of barbarian thing going on. But, uh, but yeah, like druid, rogue. I forgot what the magic user was, but sorceress. Sorceress. Really excited to uh, to uh, dive into those um, classes. Um, the rogue looks cool. I really like her move set. I like their um, emphasis on you could play her kind of like as like an archer type rogue or like a more stealthy assassin type rogue. Um, I'm sure, or somewhere in between. Um, so that's really fucking cool. I'm really curious about the Druid, though. I think that's that's a class 
that I think a lot of people were kind of like waiting for in Diablo 3. This never happened. So um, really stoked for that. But yeah, really, really, as for a presentation, that dude was artificial as fuck. But the presentation <laughs> covered three different things with enough information to get me hyped about all of them to a certain degree um, in a pretty small amount of time. So I think they did a good job. And uh, I will probably, especially if anyone says something in the comments, probably do a video watching the deep dives later on because I'm curious about them. So personally, thoughts? Um, so, yeah, I mean, it, it was neat seeing Diablo 2, obviously, get the, the facelift. Um, that's great for people who not only want to revisit it, but like they had mentioned, the, the game's 20 years old at this point. There's people who maybe only know Diablo 3 and maybe might only know Diablo 4, and this gives them uh, a more modern way to experience one of the older ones, especially since there is kind of this, you know, uh, underlining story that continuously goes through these games. So, um, so that's pretty cool. I'm glad they're doing that. Uh, like you said, it, you know, they got nailed though. They already kind of yeah. have one, uh, blemish Fuck on it. the record there. So, uh, I think people will be paying attention, especially I think Diablo in general, people are paying a lot of attention oh, anyways. They're paying attention because they kind of, you know, made the very classic mistake with immortal. So, mm-hmm. um, which I'm not even really going to talk about too much as a mobile game. Uh, yeah. You know, whatever. Uh, and then with Diablo 4, uh, you know, the visuals are, are very cool. Uh, I'm, I mean, you know, it's it's good to see that. Uh, the cinematic was, you know, it's a cinematic. I, and I, I say this every time, no matter what the game is, cinematics are fun to watch. It doesn't really do much for me. Um, outside of that, they did show some gameplay, though, which I appreciated and visually looked cool. Obviously, you know, what's it feel like when you get your hands on it is is a whole nother thing. Um, but I think with how far Diablo 3 came, and I, I'm sure they've learned a ton of lessons since then, and a lot of other um, RPGs have come out since Diablo 3 that have gotten a lot really of praise for things they've done. Yeah, um, There's no way they're not paying attention to that and oh, evolving yeah, and so. coming up with their own ideas and stuff. So, um, then, you know, there's a lot there to look forward to for... for uh, anyone you know going into diablo 4 or even um you know like i said already revisiting diablo 2 so yeah 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 like you said the, the presentation was whatever the artificial feeling um diablo mortal the mobile game i haven't touched it i don't really care too much about it to be honest um diablo 2 the the remaster is is really cool it's really neat to see that they're they're putting some effort into that because uh, even now, every now and then, I'm like, I kind of want to play Diablo 2, but I don't have a way of accessing it pretty easily. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm curious to see if they would do that with the original Diablo as well, just to get the That'd whole cool. like series updated so that people could experience everything from beginning to Plus current would be really nice to see. Um, Diablo 4, I'm, I'm st- stoked for. I want to see all the classes they release. I want to see what other you know references they bring from, because they got Diablo 1 characters classes and they got some Diablo 2 character classes. I want to see if they bring the other characters in as well. Um like Assassin was really popular in Diablo 2. Um but you know we don't have that yet. But it'd be I'm just curious to see what they do with it. I'm excited for it nonetheless. I really like the visceral feel of it and the reference to uh collecting ears when you like kill people, particularly in PvP Diablo 2 when you kill people, they would drop, you know, loot and gold in their ear as a mm-hmm. token of like I killed this person. Um, it's cool to see that brought back in. Yeah. 
Yeah. Anything else? Mm-mm. All right. Short and sweet. Let us know in the comments. What did you guys think of um, the Diablo presentation? Also, what did you think of the Overwatch presentation? I didn't really ask that. Um, practice all those fucking ads were bombarding me. My brain was like, Jesus Christ, I need to get out of here. Um, and uh, let me know everything you're thinking about uh, for the whole presentation as a whole. What uh, what'd you think of it? Uh, what are you most excited for? What are you least excited for? You're not excited for anything at all. And uh, is there something we missed or a specific video you would like us to watch? Let us know in the comments below. Uh, it's that time where we read your comments. We go through uh, past episodes and uh, see what you guys said and respond to it. If you'd like your comment to be read, type in hashtag STLG on your comment. Otherwise, I pick at random. This last week is very easy because we had like four comments to read. So it's the least amount we've had in a while. And it's kind of nice because I'm just going to read all four of those. So perfect. <laughs> uh, we did a Tasty Cast, episode 134 of the Taste Cast, where we uh, talked about The Last of Us casting and watched Near Replicant PS3 versus PS4 uh, video and talked more Valheim then. We got a comment from Maneki Neko that says, uh, damn chairs. I swear I have to do maintenance at least once a month. Good chairs are too expensive. This is in reference to the opening of Taste Cast where Chris was showing us some of his uh, MMA moves because his chair had pissed him <laughs> off. I don't know what happened down there, but he took it to the floor quickly and started dropping elbows and shit. And me and Show just kind of watched uh, in horror as Chris really kind of showed off a side of himself that he typically doesn't show us. So uh, I don't know if you want to elaborate on that or keep it mysterious, but uh, Maneki Neko <laughs> agrees. The chair is very noisy when I move, so I have to periodically WD-40 sections of it. So and beat the fuck <laughs> out of it. frustrated with it. To let it know. I was like, literally, if you go back and watch the episode, go back and watch the episode. Um, I was literally about to start. I'm like, uh, and he goes, fucking chair, and he's like hops out. And it's like on the ground. So I'm like, where'd he go? <laughs> I was there talking about you fucking wrestling with it and you just like pop up and you're like Grr. I was like god he's really giving it the business um, as for chairs I mean it's kind of kind of weird topic to talk about here but it's kind of relevant I mean I have a, a gaming chair it's a it's a what is it called? secret lab secret lab chair I really like it but I've had it for a couple of years now and it is starting to fall apart and uh, I keep thinking about the amount of money I have to spend to get another one. So I'm really kind of riding it out and letting it go. It doesn't make noise. It's fucking quite a shit still. Mine, mine pops a little. Mine does not. But I got the big old one, the two big old one. But um, the uh, the seat uh, is starting to, like, the material starting to fucking waste away into the wind and just deteriorate. Oh, yeah, the fake leather. Yeah, yeah the yeah. fake leather. I had the fake leather. Thanks. Um, yeah, oh, is that fake leather? Oh, you should have got real leather. Um, and then I don't the arms. Either. The arms are, are fucking the, where the foam is, the fake whatever over it has been kind of flaking off and then I'm like PL leather? Is that what I'm, call it? I'm like crazy and I've just been picking it off because it's just like falling off anyway. So I'm like, I'm just going to take this off because I'm stupid like that otherwise though it's a very comfortable chair i would probably buy the smaller one next time but they are an investment but they're really well made outside of the material that's just fucking falling out or falling apart underneath me so yeah i also have one not sponsored um <laughs> well yeah my shit's falling apart so yeah take it as you will um i did get the smaller one the the omega instead of the titan the biggest reason i got this one is because like it's got the internal lumbar yeah. that i really like 
Yeah, and that would be nice. Uh, the yeah. pillow, the pillow works fine though, um, and actually um, has not lost its shape yet. And I would argue that me and you sit a lot on ours. So, mm. um, and then uh, I got the fabric instead of the the, the leather. I um, did not have access to that when I bought mine. Yeah, and I have not had mine a year yet, so I can't even really do a comparison yet. But so far, I really like it. It breathes well. Um, and it's really easy to fall asleep in. Just fair warning. Oh, dude, these things fucking <laughs> like lay back like a bed. Yeah. And this one's huge. Yeah. Like, I'm not I'm not the biggest dude, I'm not the smallest dude either. And fucking this thing is like a goddamn throne I'm sitting in. <laughs> so people smaller than me are like swimming in this fucking thing. Yeah, I think they're worth the price. If um and they do uh I think for the metal alone that they use, the yeah. construction. They have financing too. So. I guess well we're not we're not doing an ad for them. I'm just but, saying, uh, but uh as a review and they're pretty good. Yeah. They're pretty good. But they're fucking they're pretty expensive too. That's fucking that's furniture in general, dude. What's that other brand that the like, like really expensive one, but everyone recommends uh especially with an H. Oh, I will say not DX Racer. Uh, no, no. Those things are not I can't remember. But they're more office style chairs, but they usually have like the mesh back and they have the, the lumbar. Uh, thing but they're like oh i know what you're talking i think they're like 1500 bucks though they're really expensive but apparently they're they're made well it's not bad yeah chris any input on chairs you already said you wd4 beat the fuck out of them uh no i just all my chairs tend to be secondhand chairs yeah yeah i feel too. me too this is the first time i bought myself a chair same yeah so I don't remember what my last chair was. Probably something shitty. Yeah, the only thing I got remnant of like hand-me-down stuff. Uh, well, it's not hand-me-down. I bought it a long time ago. Uh, is my desk. I, I need to replace it at some point. So. You've got there a couple fucking not hand-me-down chairs for your computer. Well, the last one wasn't a hand-me-down, but yeah, it was an emergency sucked. purchase. That thing sucked. And the one before, yeah. you fucking rode to the goddamn. That was hand-me-down, too. It was used when I got it. That was uh, when we first originally moved out. So I had a long time. I think it was on his deathbed for a long time. Yeah. Made it work. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Uh, agreed. Thank you for the comment. We also got a comment from Cody that said... Never heard of him. Homeboy Pascal Ooh. is great in Narcos. This is in response mm-hmm. to Pedro Pascal playing Joel in The Last of Us. We talked about our thoughts on that. Check that out. If you want to find out what we thought about that. But Cody's saying that uh, he did really good in Narcos. I've still never seen Narcos. Heard really good things. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think he definitely has the chops to pull off Joel. I agree with you. Uh, he's obviously more known for playing Mando, uh, but it's a solid cast. I agree as well. Uh, I honestly thought they'd pick Bradley Cooper or someone like that to play Joel. I did not think Bradley Cooper at all, but there was a couple other people that I was like, oh, that'd be a good get. When people are saying like huge names, though, I'm like, there's no fucking way. Um, everybody's trying to get in superhero movies right now. Like, if you're a big name, you're trying to get in a superhero movie because that's where fucking Hollywood's gone. Um, so that's where the money's at. Um, that would have been interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then he continues saying, which do you guys have more faith in, the Last of Us series or Metal Gear Solid movie? Neither could possibly be as bad as the Monster Hunter movie. I agree with that last part for I, sure. I don't know if I can. <laughs> I don't I don't agree with that at all. You have very it little I have very little faith in the movie industry regarding video game movies. Or movies in general. Yeah, but that Monster movie looked real bad. Even people who were stoked for it said it was horrible. And there were people who were excited for it. Which I was like, D- it's going to be awful. It's going to be bad. It can't be good. It can't. It's impossible. And then it came out and people were like, it's a 3 out of 10. I'm like, no shit. No shit. I'm never going to fucking see it. I do want to see it, but I won't pay money for it. Um, 
So somebody better just put it on. I'm going to look at it. Um, let me look at that movie. Um, <laughs> I'm not going to watch it. I want to look at it. Um, uh. What I have more faith in, I have, honestly, I have more faith in the Last of Us series because Neil Druckmann's involved. It's an HBO series, so you can get more uh, of the important things out of the game into a long-running series. And that HBO um, money. And the HBO money, and they've proven themselves with a lot of their series already. So I feel like, at the very least, Last of Us series is going to be acceptable, which is great because that's probably not going to be bad. Mel, you're solid, man. There's that. I I have I have no expectations for it. I'm just going to go in, see what they did with it. If it's good, fucking crazy. If it's bad, I'm not going to be upset. I just be like, yeah, it makes sense. That makes sense. Metal Gear Solid is fantastic. I can, I'm just going to go play Metal Gear Solid now. Somebody tried it. They didn't do it well. But I just have no expectation. So I have I have to have more faith in The Last of Us just because I do have I, I have an expectation that I think I'm going to – I think I don't think I'm going to be surprised by it. Whereas Metal Gear Solid, have no fucking idea. I'm not even going to try and predict uh, that. And then the last thing he says, and you guys, if you got something to say, we'll go back. Um, mm-hmm. Chevy and Chris are doing God's work by explaining the raids in Final Fantasy XIV to simple folk like me. Keep it up, fuckers. <laughs> Thoughts? Um, so the the faith, having more faith in, in any of the thing, I, I honestly can't have an opinion because I, I realistically just... I don't watch anything. Anymore. I have faith in nothing. Well, that's a completely different topic, but um, yeah, I just I don't watch I don't watch TV. I don't watch movies anymore either because I, I think that ninety five percent of everything that comes out is just crap. So oh, dude, we agree. Yeah. So many things are bad. So um, only because of the, the, the what we already said with the HBO and. I think and, if you're and, a betting man, and, that'd uh, probably be the one. Yeah, I think that's a safe bet. Yeah. And then um, I appreciate the flattery. I think you're giving a little too much credit uh, when it comes to explaining the rates. It was uh, very much on the spot, but I'm not. I I appreciate it. I'm not simple folk, and I appreciate <laughs> you guys explaining it. So, thank you. Chris, thoughts? Anything? Uh, I'm in the same lines as Chevy. I have faith-wise. I don't. I don't have faith when it comes to movies. Doing. You know, reiterations of books or, you know, comp- games or anything like that. It's, it's up for interpretation every time. So who knows? Uh, and I'm glad you enjoy the explanation of the raid that we could, I guess, dumb it down for you. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, Curious choice. Weird. Curious choice. Dumb it. Well, he called you fuckers. So it's all, it's, <laughs> it's all okay now. <laughs> Gloves have been taken off. Um, you didn't like Lord of the Rings? I do enjoy Lord of the Rings. Those are but, good movies. You know, oh, sorry, I love those movies. They are very good movies, but it's not, I don't hold faith in that they will always be good movies. Okay, yeah, sure, sure. sure. Love anything else. Yeah, they're entertain- entertaining, but like Lord yeah. of the Rings are like an epic that goes up with like all the other epics yeah. of of cinema. Right. Um, whereas the Hobbit movies are like that was fun. Yeah. But he, they're also like, take this one book and make a trilogy out of it. And take like, this okay. small book, make a trilogy out of it. Take this three massive books and try to fit in three movies. They're like, dude, take this little book and make a trilogy out of it. And he's like, and make it good? And they're like, yeah. I mean, make it good. He's like, Phew. okay, I'm going to be adding a lot of weird shit because <laughs> I don't got a lot of material. So 
you give me carte blanche on fucking what I can do with this. And they did. They did do that. Dancing on barrels and shit in a river. Yeah. They did get to experiment with, with uh, frames per second, though. So That was weird. Yeah. But the cinema nerd in me was like, oh, this is interesting. So, yeah. I mean, I'm not a huge fan of it. I need that 24 frames per second. But um, it was cool to see. Yeah. Especially on that big of a budget. So. Anything else? Mm-mm. All right. Thank you for the comment, Cody. Thank you, everybody, for your comments on that video. And the next video and the last video was us reacting to Nintendo Direct. This was a live stream we did as an episode, um, which is always fun to do. But uh, when I structure it like the way that we do our episodes and people come in going like, hey, Seth, and they start talking to me, I'm like, hold on a second. I got to <laughs> I'm trying to structure this. This is funny because I, I, and I won't name drop, but like, there's a couple people I watch uh, their YouTube side of things, but they record while live streaming on Twitch, mm-hmm. um, and you see the chat on the screen. Well, if you're like, like a streamer, ignoring that's that. just on all day too, and that's yeah. your job. Yeah, it makes sense to go. I'm gonna make an episode right now because you're yeah. at work, essentially. So. Mm-hmm. What is just funny because like the chat's I'm still not, going. I'm not at work. Right? I do this for fun, uh, and they just get have shit. to go like this. Sorry, chat. I'm not not available to you right now. Yeah. So. <laughs> That's hard though. I fucking I see people talking. I'm like, wow. I know. I'm, I'm listening. Hold on a second. I'll, I'll say, talk to you. In a second. I, I know your behaviors in in life as well, and and conversation is, is something you uh, prioritize. So. Oh yeah, I'll pause my game and talk to you. I don't. I'm not gonna sit there going, uh huh, uh huh, Fucking people, man. Um. <laughs> anyway, um. We got another comment from uh, Maneki Neko saying, don't own a Switch, but I'm here to hang out. Uh, appreciated. Thank you for hanging out. Always a pleasure to have you hang out. And uh, mm-hmm. yeah. And then we got a comment from Chevy. TLG Chevmo said, Welp, Fall Guys coming to Xbox. Because we talked about in that episode that uh, it needed to come out on Xbox. Yeah, okay. Come out on everything. We're like, what about Xbox? This, this is like typical. Should, there needs to be a shirt that comes out that just says, "What about Xbox?" Hey, this, this is just a, a typical like, we record an episode and like literally moments later they're like, mm, "You lied now." That, that's what we're doing. We're making you liars. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. like, it's on everything but Xbox, and like literally like less it's than twenty four hours later, we didn't know. They're they're like Fall Guys coming to Xbox. Wasn't like, my fucking idea. Damn it! That episode's literally coming out in, in like an hour. <laughs> it was up to like, me. Xbox would have fucking God. like exclusives and Final Fantasy fourteen and all sorts of shit. If they I actually ran. explain why that isn't a thing recently, because um, the restrictions are gone. It's just they don't yeah. have the 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 budget and development. To they want to the do me it servers though. No, not anymore. I guess. Good. Drop that stupid. It's shit. It's just uh, because the workflow is two years scheduled. There's no money or development time to fit it in right now. So can't fit it in unless Square unless Square decides to write a bigger check and hire more people. But you know, companies don't like doing that kind of stuff. So yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Anything you guys got to say left? I'm glad I was able to throw a comment in there with a correction. Yeah, yeah. We <laughs> like to correct things around here, or just pretend yeah. like we never said it. Um, 
whichever one comes first. I want to thank everybody for uh, commenting. Make sure to type in hashtag AskCLG if uh, you want your comment to be read for sure. Otherwise, if we get like four comments, I'll read them all for sure. That's no big deal for me. But if there's a bunch of them like typical fucking comments, I might still read them all. I don't know. I try not to anymore, but I do it sometimes. <laughs> um, and yeah, that's going to do it for this episode of TasteCast, episode 135. The long one. The long one. That's the one I'm going to name this. Taste Cast, episode 135, the long one. Uh, as always, thank you for watching. Make sure to like and subscribe if you enjoyed this episode. Make sure to check out our other episodes. Check us out on social media. Link down below. Streams, link down below. Me and Chris stream more often, so check us out. Follow us. Um, we have a Discord link down below as well. You can talk to us anytime, all the time. We're on iTunes, Spotify, and other podcast platforms if you prefer to listen to us. And we have a Patreon if you'd like to support the channel. And uh, yeah, hashtag STLG on your comment. My name's Seth. I'm Chevy. And I'm Chris. Until the next episode, we have Plus Club and Game of the Month coming out at the end of this week. At some time between Friday and Sunday, those episodes will be out. So come back, play those games, and we will talk about it. Until then, have a good week, guys, and take it easy.